Okay, I'm calling our regular 6 p.m. council meeting to order. We are going to begin with an invocation led by Reverend Zarir Bandara from the Zoroastrian Association of California, and that to be followed by the pledge led by Councilmember Billadell. Please stand. <laughs> Good evening, everyone. Thank you, council members, especially Mayor Pro Tem, Ms. Barrios, for inviting me today for this invocation. I'm really honored. I bring you greetings from the world's oldest known monotheistic rebel religion, Zoroastrianism. The main tenets of Zoroastrianism are good thoughts, good words, and good deeds. We address God as Ahura Mazda, the wise one, and worship through sacred fire, which is the purest form of energy that is visible to the human eye. We also revere all the elements of nature, including sky, earth, water, plants, animals, and humans, as we see God's essence in all his creations. Hence, we Zoroastrians have great respect for the environment. The Zoroastrian compassion transcends borders, beliefs, faiths, and ethnicity, embracing the inherent dignity of every individual, for in each soul flickers the eternal flame of God, Ahura Mazda. Our ancestors originated from one of the largest and longest reigning empires in ancient history, the Persian Empire. One of the emperors, Cyrus the Great, who was Zoroastrian and has been eulogized in the Bible 22 times. Emperor Cyrus is considered a pioneer of universal human rights and democracy. His decrees were recorded on a baked clay cylinder in the Akkadian language in cuneiform script known today as the Cyrus Cylinder. This ancient record has now been recognized as the world's first charter of human rights, which is translated into all six official languages of the United Nations. Its provisions are parallel to the four articles of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. The Zoroastrian legacy has greatly influenced the American founding fathers, the American Constitution, and also the design of the Statue of Liberty. Some Zoroastrians you may know today include the prolific businessman Ratan Tata, music conductor Zubin Mehta, film screenwriter Suni Taraparwala, and the world-renowned singer Freddie Mercury of Queen's Group. We stand on the shoulders of those who came before us, not only our ancestors, but the indigenous people of this land. I pay them my deepest respect. Generations of people built this city brick by brick, dream by dream. Their legacy whispers on the wind, urging us to build upon their foundation with a sense of shared purpose, mutual respect, love, and understanding, which these council members and city officials are doing every day, and I commend them for the benevolent work that they do every day. We gather here today a tapestry woven from threads of diverse beliefs and faiths, yet united by the common ground of the city, our shared home. 
I acknowledge the richness of our differences, the tapestry's vibrant hues, each thread whispering its ancient wisdom, enriching the whole. Our city thrives on the unique contributions of all its citizens, just as in the reign of Emperor Cyrus. Let this council be a crucible where differences become ingredients for progress, where debates refine our understanding and compromises strengthen our bonds. Let us be co-creators of a brighter future for all. On behalf of the Zoroastrian community, I acknowledge and express our sincere gratitude to the mayor and the city council for all their noble efforts. I invoke our almighty God, Ahura Mazda, to bless the city's good endeavors and continue to keep the city of Orange safe, prosperous, peaceful, united, and a welcome place where every citizen, regardless of faith or background, can flourish and freely exercise their rights. I would like to end by reciting a short prayer called Ashim Vahu. It is one of our oldest and the most powerful prayers, and it means true happiness lies in doing good for the sake of good. Ashim Vahu Vahisham Asti Ushta Asti Ushta Amai Yad Ashai Vahishtayashim. Thank you very much, all. God bless you. Thank you. If you will place your hand over your heart and say with me, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. So, Mayor Pro Tem Barrios um, has something she'd like to present to you uh, very quickly. And um, Mayor Pro Tem, please proceed. I do. And first of all, I wanted to say thank you to the Reverend for coming tonight. Um, one of the reasons I, I thought of you and I've been thinking about you often since we met, but um, for those of you who celebrate in the Christian tradition, you know that this week is Epiphany Week. And according to um, the, all of the research, that the three wise men were um, Zoroastrians, uh, which just made it a lovely compliment for you to honor us today with your prayer. So thank you, and for the history lesson as well. But I also wanted to honor you personally. So on behalf of the city, we have a certificate of recognition because what I was so amazed to hear is that you are a frequent blood donor and a platelet donor and over 500 individuals have been helped because of what you have given back, not only just in serving people through your faith, but also through your person. And um, I will come down and give this to you.
Okay, next we have a, a memorial adjournment <clears throat> honoring Harold Gomer. Mayor, excuse me, but before we go to that, oh. can we please take roll? Okay, yeah, I forgot, <laughs> I forgot that one. <clears throat> I got distracted. Uh, yes, please go ahead. Thank you. Mayor Pro Tem Barrios? Well, clearly I'm here. Yes. Councilmember Dimitriou? Present. Councilmember Tavalaris? Here. Councilmember Bilodeau? Present. Councilmember Gutierrez? Here. Councilmember Gillenhammer? Here. Mayor Slater? Here. A quorum is present. Thank you very much. <clears throat> so, uh, interesting story about uh, Harold uh, Gomer, uh, Orange resident. He turned uh, 100 years old in, was it November? October. October, I believe. Um, anyway, I was uh, going to go to his birthday party and present him with a, a proclamation that the entire uh, council signed. I wasn't able to make it, and so I went on November 14th. I was told that would be a good day to uh, present the proclamation and uh, where he lived, and uh, he lived in a mobile home park in Orange, and I showed up for that, and he passed away that morning. So I, I felt horrible that I wasn't able to, you know, present the proclamation to him in person. And so I asked his uh, family if they would come and uh, we could do a memorial adjournment in his honor. So here's a little uh, word about Harold. <clears throat> he was born in 1923, United States Navy veteran Homer L. Homer L. Gomer passed away on November 14th at the age of 100. He was a vibrant centurion, embodying a zest for life and the joy of living. Harold was born on October 20th, 1923, one of six children. At age of seven, Harold's father passed away and the family relocated to Austin, Minnesota. Harold's life was full of accomplishments. He graduated from Austin High School, where he participated in wrestling and Golden Glove boxing earning the title of District Flyweight Champion. On November 6, 1942, Harold bravely answered the call to serve his country and joined the United States Navy, where he served as coxswain aboard the USS Amen for three years and on the USS Logic Minesweeper for an additional year before being honorably discharged. After returning home from defending our country, Harold resumed his employment at Hormel Meads where he spent the following 40 years exhibiting dedication to his work and community. Harold married his childhood sweetheart, Shirley Mae Greenlee, and they had four children together. Over the years, the family grew to nine, including nine grandchildren, 15 great-grandchildren, and 10 great-great-grandchildren. In 2016, after losing his beloved wife, Harold moved to the city of Orange to live with his daughter, Pam. Harold was an esteemed member of the American Legion Post 91, where he served as a funeral escort for 40 years, was a bar manager for more than 30, and a cook for Stagnize for over 20 years. He enjoyed serving others, sharing stories, and being a part of the community. In his honor, the Legion had a special chair engraved with his name on it. The Orange City Council wishes to extend its humble appreciation and sincere sympathies as it adjourns this meeting in reverence and tribute to Harold L. Gomer, whose dedication to family, friends, community, and country will leave a legacy beyond a century. Stated this ninth day of January <clears throat> 2024, signed by myself and the entire City Council. And uh, 
His daughter Pam is here to receive it. <clears throat> and the rest of the council is invited to join me if you'd like. Okay, next we have a proclamation recognizing 2024 as the Sapphire or 65th anniversary of the Friends of the Orange Public Library. And I believe that uh, Council Member Ana Gutierrez has a proclamation that she'll read. And upon the conclusion of that, we welcome Kathleen Stevens and the Friends Board members to the podium to accept the proclamation. So thank you, Mayor. I'd be uh, on behalf of the City Council, I would love to read this um, proclamation to the Friends of the Orange Public Library on their Sapphire anniversary. So whereas the Friends of the Orange Public Library was founded in April 1959 to raise awareness of the need to replace the old Carnegie Library, and whereas their active support of 450,000 bond measure for the construction of the new main library helped the measure to pass and resulted in construction of the new library which opened its doors in 1961. And whereas since then, the Friends have supported the construction of the Taft and Almedina branch libraries and the reconstruction of the Orange Public Library and History Center, which opened in 2007. And whereas the Friends have become a nonprofit corporation and through their continued volunteer efforts ensure that the Orange Public Library is a cornerstone of the community. And whereas the Friends have been a lead supporter of the local history center, contributing heavily to the project to digitalize local records and ephemera. And whereas the Friends have expanded their fundraising activities through the Airline Minor Memorial Friends Bookstore in the Orange Public Library and History Center, book sales in the Almedina and Taft branch libraries, special event sales throughout the year, and internet sales. And whereas the Friends' efforts have elevated our three libraries from good to great, providing the resources for additional programming, books, audiovisual materials, and support for children's summer reading, adult literacy, and special events throughout the year. And whereas the Friends of the Orange Public Library have raised half a million dollars in continued to support of the library system in the past 10 years. Now, therefore, 
Dan Slater, Mayor of the City of Orange, on behalf of the entire City Council of the City of Orange, do hereby proclaim 2024 as a sapphire year of the Friends of the Orange Public Library, celebrating 65 years of service to the City of Orange Library System, and urge all residents of the City of Orange to join and support the Friends of the Orange Public Library, dated this ninth day of January 2024. Congratulations. If you would join us down. Yeah, let's Okay, so now um, for a little bit uh, of fun, as many of you probably know, in uh, Orange we have a Miss Orange pageant annually, and uh, this last year it's been a pleasure and honor to work with uh, our current Miss Orange, Madeline Chocolati. Raise your hand. She's got the crown on. <laughs> So we have an upcoming Miss Orange uh, pageant, and I believe our own uh, city manager, Tom Costello, is going to be a judge. Wow. Oh, I thought you said he was going to compete. <laughs> He's not that pretty. Um, anyway, I'm going to, this time, invite Connie Benson to come forward to announce the pageant and introduce the contestants. everybody it's great to be here again this year thank you so much for letting me have this time to introduce the four wonderful women that are competing for the title of miss orange this saturday night at 6 p.m at chapman university memorial hall we will be crowning our 87th miss orange so if you didn't know we had one you are a little bit behind um, but that's okay come on saturday night and catch up um, we just want to say thank you as always to the city to the council the mayor um, for all of the wonderful opportunities that you give to our young women. Um, I personally, as director of this program, get to watch the growth that occurs over the course of the year. And that's because of all the opportunities you allow them. So 
Thank you so much and for the support that helps us award scholarships every year, which is our purpose. Um, we'll be awarding our new Miss Orange $3,000 in educational scholarship, and we hope to grow that year after year after year. Um, so thank you to the chamber. Thank you to all the businesses that sponsor. We have one of our sponsors, Burris Law, here with us tonight. And um, we couldn't do it without the support of the city and of our individual sponsors. So at this time, I want to invite Madeline, who has been a wonderful Miss Orange. It's hard to believe the year has absolutely flown by. Um, but she has sung the national anthem at more events in this city than any Miss Orange in my time. And that has been extraordinary, including some of our most significant 3rd of July, um, a solo at the tree lighting. It's been really exciting for me and I know for her. So I'm gonna give her a chance to say thank you to you all. And then I'm gonna have the contestants come up and introduce themselves as well. Madeline. Hi. I'm going to try to do this without tearing up, but I don't think it's possible. My deepest gratitude for all of you guys is just, it's overwhelming me. Um, walking into this pageant, I had no idea what I was doing. I'm not a pageant person. I just love my city so much. And all throughout high school, um, I've learned how much the city has done for me. And doing this has just even grown my knowledge of how much you guys do for me. And it's absolutely incredible what you guys do and I'm so thankful every day for you guys and that I can like call you guys friends and feel like I can walk up to you guys and just start a little small talk if I don't know where Connie is or anything <laughs> um but seriously I haven't been around this pageant very long but I see how much you guys have supported it and how many girls have gone through this pageant and have flourished and grown and it's incredible to see that and so thank you guys so much for putting and pouring yourselves into this pageant and inviting Miss Orange to things. And I'm so lucky to have been Miss Orange 2023. And I'm sure Miss Orange is, the next Miss Orange will be just as lucky as me. But thank you guys so much for hanging out and for inviting me and for in, like inviting me and doing everything that you do. I'm so overwhelmed with gratitude. Thank you, guys. <laughs> and Madeline, uh, let me just say that you've been an exemplary representative for our city and an example for so many people of your spirit and your uh, enthusiasm, your smile, and your singing has been wonderful. It's really been a wonderful thing to have you as our Miss Orange, and we, and we wish you the very best in your future. Um, Pro Tim, did you add something to add? I did because I was the only council member present when you were crowned. Um, I, I do hope that Sergeant McMullen is going to share his suit with you if you're going to be a judge because it is something else. But beyond that, I think it's funny that you say that you're not a pageant person because you did look like you were nervous on the night of the pageant. But then you opened your mouth and you shone through like an angel. I've never heard anyone's voice like yours. And it is a treat hearing you again and again. You're probably going to hate the national anthem after all of this, but it is such a treat to hear you sing. And even at tree lighting, that is not my favorite song, but when you sang it, it was just like a different melody. I just so enjoyed every second getting to know you, watching you blossom, hearing you sing is a treat every single time. I hope if there's ever anything that any of us can do for you, I'm sure you could call on any of us. And I just wish you so well in your journey ahead. 
Thank you. You're welcome. And I, I tallied it. I think I sing the national anthem 19 times. Yeah. All right. So I want to bring up the girls. Hello, my name is Veronica Chapman, and I'm sponsored by the Orange Elks Lodge 1475, and my talent is singing. Hello, good evening, Mayor Slater and esteemed council members. My name is Elizabeth Rayburn, and I'm sponsored by Burris Law right there. <laughs> and my talent this Saturday night is an original tap routine to a Michael Jackson song. Wow. <laughs> By the way, don't, don't go away yet. <laughs> uh, good evening, all. My name is Lisbeth Wences. I am sponsored by the Orange North Rotary Club, and I will be singing a song by Ava. Hello, my name is Tay McConkey. I am sponsored by Chris Horton, and I will be doing stand up comedy for my talent this weekend. All right. So I understand that. Uh, the, the thorn being me gets to present uh, roses to all of you. So let me come down and do that. Okay, um, City Attorney, is there anything we need to report out? Closed session. Thank you, Mayor. Nothing tonight. Okay, thank you. Oh, okay. Yeah, feel f if. Uh, you're welcome to leave if you uh, don't have any further interest in our proceedings. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Thank you. That's a way to clear them out. <clears throat> 
Okay, next is our public comments. At this time, members of the public may address the council on matters not listed on the agenda within the subject matter jurisdiction of the city council, provided that no action may be taken on off agenda items unless authorized by law. Public comments are limited to three minutes per speaker. And it uh, looks like we have two. I'll invite Steve Sachs forward first uh, to be followed by uh, Tara Ald. I did not realize how many of you, of you there were. I pretty much like <laughs> passed it on her five times. <clears throat> Esteemed council members, my name is Steve Sachs. I have been a um, commercial real estate broker for the state of California for 24 years. I have an impeccable record. I've been doing deals uh, for 24 years, residential and commercial. Um, the most recent one uh, was in Los Angeles. It was a development deal for 362 units where I represented both sides of the transaction. It's a uh, ground lease for $1.64 billion. So I've, I've been relatively busy. Um, I have an impeccable record. I've never uh, had any litigation ever in my 24 years. <clears throat> Two years ago, I went to your office. I own a home right here in the city of Orange. My son went to Chapman University, graduated um, several years ago, and I have that home currently as a rental property. Uh, two years ago, I went to your office to get the appropriate business licenses, um, and your personnel at the counter told me that as a, um, a DRE broker, I'm afforded the opportunity to do certain things that most regular uh, landlords cannot do. Um, I, it, it was, um, with a DRE broker's license, it was sufficient to conduct business in the city of Orange, as long as I had a city business license, <clears throat> which is what I have, and uh, since, since, which is what I've had since the very beginning, um, to be extra compliant, uh, I, w I went to the city and asked for a short-term uh, license, and they said that I didn't necessarily need it. The person at the counter told me that, but if you have the business license, you can you will be compliant because you have a DRE broker's license and you're able to conduct business um, leasing for long-term or for short-term. I, I can sell commercial real estate, I can lease commercial real estate, or I can sell residential property. Um, at, after I got that uh, business license and they told me it was okay to move forward, I went out and spent um, $20,000 remodeling or add, adding furniture and then I remodeled the entire house to make it a, a stunning property. And I'm a credit to the community for, in my neighborhood as well. Um, I have, I, I've been renting my house out as, on the Airbnb platform, and I am what they consider a super host because I have got flawless, uh, report, uh, uh, flawless recommendations and great reviews nonstop. <clears throat> you've, always, you've already accepted and received money from me for the past three years. Uh, with a business license, and the one the one thing uh, I have not is, um, is is have is have the current uh, short term license. There's three options to resolve this because I'm uh, legally allowed to do this. One is a unique broker. I could be granted a short term license to me, um, with an exception. I can be granted. Or number two, I can you could grant a license to me as an exception because of the broker's license. And three, you can remove the clerical freeze for the new license information pro provided that because you didn't have this information when your third party people went through 
and said that I uh, had to have the, the short-term license. Yeah, they didn't know that I had a broker's Mr. license. Mr. Sachs, I unfortunately have to be uh, stick to the three-minute uh, limit. Um, I would just suggest you please, uh, sounds like an issue with code enforcement that uh, you would consult with them. Have you done that yet? Yes. Okay. And they told me to speak to you guys here tonight. Okay. Hmm. Then uh, the best way, if you could probably summarize it in a letter to us. Okay, good. Thank you. We have that. Um, we appreciate your time, but I'm sorry I have to limit you to three minutes. Okay. Hope you understand. <clears throat> Thank you for coming. Thank you. Tara Ald. Hello, good evening. I am coming in representation of Citrus, Hoover, Struck, the whole area around Orange PD. Um, we've collected signatures from all the businesses around us, um, from owners or managers. Um, there's a few businesses, one on Batavia, a few doors down from Orange PD and one on Struck, same owner, two storefronts, um, hundreds and hundreds of crashed, used vehicles parked all over. I'm sure you guys have heard. Um, it's becoming a huge danger. He's parking on the corners now. There's no um, ramps for wheelchairs, so he blocks them. Um, none of the employees have parking anymore. We are parking in our bay buildings to stop everyone from working. Parking enforcement has done work till they are blue in the face. The vehicles are currently registered, a lot of dealer plates. Um, he has hired somebody to musical cars. Every time they get chalked, they just move. Um, but they are now double parking. They are pulling right up against cars in the neighborhoods that we can't get in or out. They're blocking all the driveways. Um, I don't know if there's a way to get no overnight parking, some red curbs, permit parking, something to help these businesses around here. Um, to not have him park on the corners. There's um, a homemade across the street from my specific business and there's children all over that area um, that can't cross the crosswalks. They have to go out into the street to go around. Um, the buses that pick up the special needs children are pulling into driveways and these kids are having to walk in the street. There's just so many safety issues along with the disturbance to all these businesses. So we just wanted to propose and see if there was anything that can be done in this area. So I would uh, strongly advise you to contact our public works department. They have a process whereby these issues could all be addressed. Okay. And um, is that Rudder? Pardon? Is that Rudder? No, actually, it'd probably be better if you just contact the, the city manager and his representative or can give you uh, his business card. Okay. He'll direct you and help you out. Wonderful. I appreciate it, you guys. Thank you. Have a wonderful I evening. I think there's cards coming for you as well. Wonderful. Okay. So. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, that ends the public comments. We'll move to the consent calendar. Are there any items that any of my colleagues would like to remove for discussion? Seeing none, we have a... Yes, Council Member Gillenhammer. Mayor, can I pull 3.8? Okay. There's a motion to approve the balance uh, minus item 3.8. Uh, Councilmember Gutierrez, second from Mayor Pro Tem Barrios. Please vote. <clears throat> approved unanimously. 
Okay. Get to item 3.8. On my agenda. There we go. Okay, 3.8. Award of source well contract to Horizons Construction regarding a new fence for along Riverdale Avenue between Riverdale and Santa Ana River. Yes. Thank you. Um, just have one question. I was looking at that, and there's a playground and picnic tables behind that fence. Is that currently being used right now? And I think my second question would be, um, if we have it there and it's being used, is there a need to have a fence there altogether? I, I see the, state, the fence is in a state of disrepair. It probably needs to come down. But do we need to put a fence up if there's usable facilities behind it? So uh, I, I guess, uh, Council Member, uh, 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 I guess a couple of things. Uh, as to the playground, um, uh, I, I don't believe it's heavily used. My understanding is that it is uh, actually a uh, facility for OC Parks operating through a license agreement with Orange County Water District, who put it in. Um, as to the fence, um, you know, th throughout sort of the whole length of the Santa Ana River, most of that is in one way or another secured by some type of fencing. It, it controls access. Um, it, it provides some means of security and, and also control of access for what, you know, ostensibly is a flood control and water recharge area. Um, so while the wall that's there is certainly in disrepair and has been patched, I think the general feeling both between us and in our conversations with staff at Orange County Water District is, is that um, the, the feeling is, is that we'd like to continue to have some barrier to again control access um, and obviously it can be used as a means of making sure that when people do use the facilities up on the river, they're entering and exiting at the points that the water district and, and those who have license agreements with them would like people to enter and exit. Okay, so then the use of those facilities isn't open to the neighborhoods. It needs to be by they, They're open to the public, but they have to access them through the access points that are provided uh, for them. Okay. All right. That's it. Thank you. Okay, looking for a motion. Motion by Councilmember Tavaleras. I believe this is your district. Second by Councilmember Gillenhammer. Any other discussion? <laughs> if not, please vote. Councilmember Gutierrez. Prove unanimously. Okay, that's the end of the consent calendar. Next item four, reports from Mayor Slater. I just have one, and that's uh, on the Sweet Orange Committee. If you recall, last year we formed three committees. Uh, it's consisting of two council members each. And the Sweet Orange Committee was formed, which uh, consisted of uh, Mayor Pro Tem Barrios and Council Member Tavaleras. Purpose of the committee was to focus on how we can make the city uh, continue to look good, uh, look uh, clean and neat. And uh, in that uh, last year, we've accomplished the following. But um, before I get to that, I just want to say that um, often a city attorney will uh, ruin a party. And, <laughs> and uh, committees, uh, as required by the state and the, and the law, the Brown Act states that um, if you're going to have a standing committee and it doesn't have a particular goal in sight, 
that uh, that committee is subject to the Brown Act requirements, which involves, involves noticing, involves uh, a lot of staff time, essentially. And so it was determined that we've accomplished the majority of what we wanted to do in the last year. And so we were, we were proposing to sunset the Sweet Orange Committee rather than have that uh, be a Brown Act requirement committee. But here's what we've accomplished, and I want to uh, give my colleagues a chance to weigh in, uh, too, if you have anything else to add. But um, th these are what we've done. We, one, we organized a citywide cleanup, uh, thanks to our Public Works Department, having bins available in specific neighborhoods. We added uh, shopping cart reporting to the Orange 24-7 app. If you're not familiar with the Orange 24-7 app, please Familiarize yourself with it. It's a great way to report problems uh, as quickly as possible to the city staff. Three, we updated the building code, and that was just something that uh, could be done by mention so that any new retailers who use shopping carts will have to provide mechanism to keep the carts from leaving the parking lots so we have fewer carts uh, strewn around the city. Four, we increased the efficiency of graffiti removal and reduced the time from when it's reported to when it's removed. Five, we established a mechanism whereby citizens can adopt a commercial sidewalk for cleaning leaf litter and um, just overall cleanliness. But the main thing that was accomplished, and I have to applaud staff for this and, and uh, our city manager's leadership, uh, is uh, with regards to code enforcement. Um, and so what was done in that regard was staff was added that staff also now covers weekends. We have code enforcement officers available seven days a week until 10.30 at night. And that was necessary to deal with the illegal sidewalk vending uh, problem that um, rose up in the last year. And uh, that has been almost completely eliminated and tamped down. And uh, staff has done an amazing job in that front. There's still a little bit of work to do, but for the most part, we're doing quite well. And then most recently, our code enforcement department attacked the uh, illegal short-term rentals problem. Now, we had over 200 illegal short-term rentals in the city, and at last reporting, that's almost down to zero. And so kudos on that. So we've accomplished a lot. Um, there's always more we can do. We appreciate volunteers, um, city managers, making a site available on our city website where anyone can volunteer uh, in many regards, um, in many ways to help the city, primarily through our Love Orange um, component, which is <coughs> led by Rick Olson. So with that, uh, Council Member Tavalaris or Mayor Protenage, do you have anything else you'd like to add? All right, I appreciate your both of your efforts on this too. We've accomplished a lot. So uh, so with that, we will sunset the Sweet Orange Committee. And um, I believe that uh, Mayor Pro Tem, you had a business you wanted to highlight? Not this time. Okay. Um, Councilmember Gutierrez, did you have one? Okay. All right. So my business highlight this month is a business that I... We've seen actually here in our chambers quite a few times, and um, I've been wanting to highlight them. And uh, when I saw them last month, twice, I, I, I realized, wow, I really need to highlight them. So um, 
with no further ado, my business highlight for this month from District 4 is Contenders. It sits on 1419 North Tustin Street, Suite D, across from Toad of Orange. So when I got my car serviced over the Christmas break, I had to take their picture, right? So Contenders, as you know, is a skateboarding um, shop that not only do they sell skateboards, but they sell apparel, right? And shoes and all this wonderful skateboarding apparel and shoes. And they have been advocating, as you know, for our skate park um, over at Grijalva for years. And they were actually, um, when they would sell shoes, they were taking a certain percentage to save up money to hopefully pay for our skate park. So these are, this is a business that uh, really cares about our community and really cares about skateboarding and giving back to the community. So the owner, Mark Connor, it was, is, has been a big um, advocate for the skate park as well as other people who have come down to our chambers. And so when we had our meeting last week, uh, last month, sorry, at Grijalva on December 12th, uh, to talk about the skate park, what the vision was. Um, I attended, as well as did Mark and a lot of the key players that have always come to our chambers. And let me tell you, I learned a lot of new language that I did not ever know before. You know, lines and, um, and drop-ins and all this different skate language, but it was fantastic to learn because they know, they know exactly what we need to put in our skate park. So it was a fantastic meeting. Leslie was there. I think we got a lot of good um, ideas and, and a, a, quite a few community members came in and weighed in and told us what we needed to do. So from that meeting, and the reason why I really want to showcase the, uh, Mark and his shop is he approached me and said, you know, your district here is, is going to be surrounding uh, the Grijalva area. I would really like to um, encourage the youth that live around here about our, our skate park. I would like to find a location where I could donate some skateboards. And I said, how fantastic. I know of a perfect place. So I connected him to the El Medina Resource Center. And on um, December 23rd, he came out to the resource center with 50 skateboards and he lined them all up. I uh, think they, they built them all together at the contender shop. He, with uh, two others, which I will show Chantel, and I believe it was Jeff, came and brought these boards down. And if I, how can I get the video? Because these are two videos to play. He might have to click it for me. These oh, quick little you. snippets. Oh. So we're doing a little video for Councilwoman Gutierrez. There we go. There's Chantel. There are our kiddos waiting. And then the next one is a video too. I find you can follow us. Some of these are late, so they can. You can oh, see how they're good. good. Thank you. So thank you. And practice a lot because the skate park is coming. Thank you to contenders, everybody. Right. So um, about I think. I think almost all the skateboards were given away, but there was a good 30 to 40 kids there that day um, getting skate, uh, um, skateboards. They were very excited. And as you can see, Chantel was very excited as well. Oh, I'm sorry. 
And so here's the picture of all the kids that received their skateboards that day. So talk about, you know, really giving back to the community, fostering our future skaters. And so from this connection that he made with the Almedina community, he then spoke with Maribel, the director of the Almedina Resource Center, and realized that, you know, kids don't have anywhere to really skate yet. So he is donating uh, skate features to the Almedina Resource Center, and they're gonna set them up in their parking lot so that the kids can come and, and skate there. And he's giving them some quarter pipes, some slappy wedges, kickers, and a box, whatever that all means, <laughs> but that's what they're getting. And uh, again, I couldn't be more uh, uh, grateful to this great community partner who advocated for the skate park that we're gonna be soon to be building at Grijalva Park and wants to energize the youth that are gonna be affected around that community and gave to the community um, these fantastic skateboards and, um, and now giving some skate features as well. So I really, a big thank you to Mark from Contenders to Chantel from um, Bridge to Skate, that's her nonprofit that she works with. Also Jeff from Civilian Skateboards also helped contribute with these skateboards. So, and obviously our resource center um, lead there, Maribel as well. So I, again, I could not be more thankful that, that my community was um, so graciously uh, given these great gifts and that hopefully soon we'll be having a skate park that we can go skate at. So that is a contenders and I hope you all go out and buy some boards and some shoes and apparel and whatnot. So thank you. Thank you, council member. That was a nice time with our skate park. So did you, uh, oh, Councilmember Tavalos, you had uh, something item? Just a council comment. Please. Um, city manager, I just have two items if you could consider for the next meeting. Um, one is um, if you could bring back, staff could bring back um, a staff report regarding the Peralta site in district three, making sure the zoning is consistent with the general plan. That zoning would be consistent with the general plan on the Peralta site. And second, um, for the council to consider taking a position on Proposition 1, which will be on the March ballot, which would allow uh, zoning changes with the neighborhoods for, for the state to um, place substance abuse and addiction treatment centers in the neighborhoods. Thank you. Um, well, let me ask first, is, are those something that you would like council direction on um, before we proceed or? Yes, Mayor, I think it makes it more efficient for us that we now have direction with uh, all of the council up here. Um, we can go out now and do the staff report as, as opposed to potentially um, doing a staff report, doing all the work and then coming back and, and council just, no thanks, we don't wanna hear it, for lack of a better term, if that makes sense. Okay. So let's have some council uh, input on this, because this is a different approach, quite frankly. I want all the council members to feel um, free to agendize anything they want to, but I think what the city manager's after is saying, that's great, but we would want to um, provide as much information as we can so that you can vet these subjects, and but that involves staff time. So you'd like to make sure the council is on board with that direction. Okay, um, with that, Councilmember Dimitri. I think it's problematic. Um, it it kind of harkens back to uh, um, some policies of the past. Uh, the ability to put something on, on the agenda, which is uh, newer, uh, actually lessens the amount of time that it takes to um, 
to proceed with a policy or a, an item uh, that uh, is of interest to you, some that are time sensitive. And when it comes to actually the dedication of staff time, in the past, <clears throat> as we would uh, go through the process of bringing something to the, the dais, asking if we could do it at, uh, you know, and, and put it on a future agenda, was never denied. Uh, it was always, you know, proceed. Um, right now, under the, the, the current method that we've adopted or, or has been the practice the last few months, which has been wonderful, um, there's been a, um, as we've moved forward, there hasn't been really timelines. It's just been as progress moves forward. But in the past, we slapped timelines on the staff, which made it uh, a heavier constraint. Because when you have to agendize it in such a way of, um, you know, I, I'd like to work on this and uh, I'd like counsel, uh, you know, if, if we're all good with proceeding with a, a, a procedure for A, B, and C, I want it done by February 12th. Uh, right now, we're, we very rarely have that. So I actually think you're, you're uh, potentially, this is handcuffing staff more and actually causing more problems in the long run. I don't see an inordinate uh, amount of activity coming from council in policy direction or procedures or um, you know anything where it's uh, a huge amount of time from the dais specifically. Um, and I actually think that uh, as, as much as I respect the city manager, that uh, being able to agendize an item to move forward um, is the privy of the city council and to give that direction forward. Um, and I, I personally, I think it harkens to a day of um, restrictive behavior of the council. Um, and, I, and I don't want to step on anybody's feet. I, I get where it's coming from, and I understand our staff is, uh, in the city of Orange, is understaffed and overworked. I get it. Um, but at the same time, uh, there are items that come up. And I, I personally, uh, myself, uh, when, I just, when I just heard this item, I went, why didn't you put it on the agenda? We wouldn't have had to wait. We could have just either take action, uh, you know, a positive or a negative, and move on. Uh, now we get to drag it out for a couple of weeks. It, 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 to me, is it elongates uh, a number of activities that I don't necessarily think is uh, needed. And uh, I like to see our city moving forward, and I think this is a step backwards in the way we operate. And uh, I'll leave it at that. Thank you, Council Mayor. Um, I'd like to hear what other council members have to say about it. If, and if you don't, that's fine, too. Mayor, I'm fine going back to the old way if they want to. It's not really hill. I, okay. It's, it's not the hill I want to die on. I'm just trying to. An example is, you know, again, an ordinance. You know, it's, it's a ton of work. And if we put a lot of work into, a, into an ordinance. But, uh, again, as, as the council mem member, Dimitri, said, there aren't a ton of them. Um, but again, this isn't by any means a hill I want to die on. <laughs> okay. Um, Mayor Pro Tem. Did you? Councilmember Gillenham, were you first? You didn't yeah, I, I apologize. I'm just trying to clarify. So is the asked, and, and it sounds like, Tom, you're good with the old way, so it's probably a moot point, is the ask to bring it here to ask to put on the agenda? And everyone's probably going to say yes anyway, and then have it come up on the next agenda, versus just bring it on the agenda. That's, I, I'm good with the old way. And okay. <laughs> my request is similar only because I didn't think that's what we were talking about. I thought we were talking about Councilmember Tevler's specific asks. 
they wouldn't want to be the referee on that? No. I think, uh, I think what yeah. we're looking uh, you for. You asked for direction on the Peralta site, but then you asked about Prop 1 considerations. So you want that to, are we talking about that? No, no, we were actually, the discussion, just to be clear, was just how do we want to proceed in the future with individual council requests for agenda items um, because there had been some concern expressed with uh, the staff time involved and perhaps if it came back that may, perhaps the council wouldn't be supportive of it. So we thought, hey, is this something that we want, that we want to take up and consider future so that staff time is spent on it or is this something we have no interest in whatsoever so we might as well kill it now. But um, I'm fine with uh, keeping it the way it was and uh, unless any other council member has any other input. I agree with council member Dimitri. Okay. And city manager is good, so all right. Yeah, Mayor, because I always felt, I'm sorry I'm going to weigh in until at the end, no, that it, we could make our comments, but we could also agendize something. I always felt that the, it was both open, so I never felt uh, restraint. I actually feel very free now, so I appreciate that. Okay, good. Well, I just wanted to make sure we had this discussion for the benefit of staff and, and us, so I think it's good. Thank you. Mayor, may I still ask yes. the oh, sure. city manager that I can get these two items now you for said yes. next meeting? Okay, <laughs> thank you. Mayor, I'm sorry. Then I have a council comment that I would like to. Please. Sorry. City manager. Um, as I, we're going to be talking about our, our waste management, and as I'm, I was reading it, I was reading the Prop 218 stuff, which harkened me back to the multiple times we've had that public uh, speaker speak about to, uh, Prop 218, um, and has told us multiple times about his concerns and whatnot. So I would just like a staff report as to his questions. Can we have an answer? Because I don't, I don't know the answers. Um, like, I'm, what is his name? John Nelson, who has come to speak multiple times on Prop 218 uh, accusations about uh, the uh, what was it? The sewer, whatnot. So I would really just like um, a staff report on that. Like what you know? Yeah, I'm going to defer to the city attorney because myself and another and uh, the finance director had made comments to the. Uh, um, Orange County Grand Jury, and I don't think until we get a ruling from them, I, I don't know, would it be appropriate for us to comment? I, I think we should hold off. I, I think there's still some issues floating around. Once we have a better understanding of kind of the lay of the land, we can bring a report back. If you could maybe give us a month. Um, okay, and we'll, that'd be we'll great. Yes, it. because I do recall them saying that they're now going to the Grand Jury. I'm just like, oh gosh, like what is going on? I don't know, and it would be good for the public to know because he has come multiple times, and I feel like I don't even know how to answer those questions. I really don't know what is going on. A absolutely, and we planned on coming back with a staff report, but we didn't think it was prudent with speaking with the um, grand jury. And just so you know, Councilmember Gutierrez, I'm not sure, we've had uh, two meetings with uh, Mr. Uh, Nelson. So we've met with him, gone over his thing, and then, again, like I said, until we uh, spoke to the grand jury, we're preparing a staff report. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Give some good clarity. Okay. Any other council members have any reports or comments? All right. Um, item number six, AB one two three four reports. Any council members have anything to report? Okay. Seeing none. <clears throat> item seven, administrative reports. 
7.1, established lobbyist registration fee pursuant to ordinance number 14-23, resolution number 11517. We, uh, does anyone want a staff report? Seeing none, we have a motion to approve by Councilmember Tavalera, second by Councilmember John Dimitru. Any other discussion? Please vote. It's approved uh, six to one with Councilmember Bilodeau opposed. Okay, uh, item eight, reports from city manager. No. Okay. Then uh, public hearings, item 9.1, public hearing to consider a resolution approving an amended and restated solid waste franchise agreement between the City of Orange and CRNR Incorporated to establish solid waste rates and finding of CEQA exemption. And I am quite confident we need a staff report on this. Yes, please proceed. Good evening, Mayor, members of the Council. Um, I'm joined tonight by our administrative manager, Josh Shalis, who manages our solid waste services for the city. Uh, and we also have representatives from CRNR, including Crystal Denning, regional vice president in the audience, uh, who will be available to also answer questions. Uh, this evening, we're presenting a proposed restated franchise agreement for solid waste with the city's trash hauler, CRNR. This agreement's the culmination of many months of discussions and negotiations focused on improving service quality meeting our regulatory obligations and revising our contractual relationship to reflect many of the provisions and features that are common to solid waste franchises in the surrounding cities and throughout the county. The advent of the organic waste disposal mandates imposed by the state, all focusing on reducing greenhouse gases, has meant increased handling costs for the hauler, increased disposal cost, a greater need for customer ed education as this waste must be treated differently and has exposed the city to numerous opportunities to be fined by the state for non-compliance. The current contract was negotiated during a period in which the full cost of organic waste processing was not fully contemplated, nor did our contract include all of the provisions to ensure full compliance. At the same time, labor costs and equipment expenses combined with the regulatory landscape in California have made significant impacts to the solid waste marketplace, and with that, the solid waste rates that we pay. Orange has historically sought some of the lowest solid waste rates in the county. However, it is increasingly evident that our rates are not sufficient to ensure the financial certainty needed to provide service in the long term to protect the customer from years of spiking rate increases. Based on a comparison of rates in the adjoining cities and within the county and a comparison of services provided, it is evident that our rates are unsustainable and will not be sufficient to support the services needed in the long term. New solid waste contracts that have recently negotiated in nearby cities Santa Ana and Anaheim and within the last few years Tustin have confirmed the difficult economics with our current contract and have given us a context for the proposed costs with our new agreement. As you will see in the presentation, the proposed solid waste rates are competitive and towards the lower end of the range, both for residential and commercial rates. These are labor-intensive services with high equipment costs and complicated disposable requirements fueled by state regulations and mandates whose costs continue to escalate. To improve service and to provide the services that we must provide require a rate-based a rate and can fund operations. 
meeting labor costs and retaining employees, as well as providing the proper equipment in good condition needed for the delivery of service will help to ensure reliability and consistency. The proposed restated contract includes many of the stated provisions that again are part of solid waste franchises in most other cities, including services that previously would have been limited in orange, such as large item pickup, providing services to support regulatory compliance, and importantly, providing indemnification should the state, sh state seek to fine the city for non-compliance. The contract also focuses on quality control efforts with improved provisions for liquidated damages for service failures and customer refunds when service is not provided. I also want to note that there is one change to the rate schedule since the agenda was published involving those who get manure bin service. The proposed rate schedule, if approved, will be modified to reflect rates that will increase in accordance with the proposed increase for residential customers. The proposed rate increase for those with a two-yard bin would go from 57.43 monthly for once per week service to 69.66, and for those with three-yard service would go from 79.59 monthly to 96.54 monthly. I'm now gonna turn it over to our Administrative Manager, Josh Solis, who manages our solid waste contract to discuss the specifics and terms of the proposed new agreement. Good evening, Mayor and members of the City Council. To give some background, CRNR has been providing solid waste services to the City of Orange since 2009. In 2013, those services were expanded to include street sweeping. There have been multiple extensions along the way, with the most current contract being adopted in late 2019 prior to the finalization of the Organics Recycling Mandate, SB 1383. The terms of the restated agreement are for 10 years, starting on February 1st, 2024. It also includes an option for a five-year mutually agreed upon extension. It's important to note that the long-term solid waste agreements are common to allow the hauler to account for long-term labor and equipment obligations. Should tonight's proposed rates receive approval, the first rate adjustment would occur on February 1st. However, the next adjustment would not occur until July 1st, 2025. In the restated contract, there are a wide array of enhanced civic services. One of the focus areas is protecting and maintaining the city's compliance with state regulations, particularly SB 1383, which is the organics recycling mandate. SB 1383 has significant impacts for both the customer in terms of how they dispose of organic materials and for the waste hauler on how they handle organic waste. This state mandate is very labor intensive and as such has many associated costs for both handling and disposal. The city is also potentially open to state fines should the provisions of 1383 not be met. The restated agreement will provide the range of services needed to comply with 1383 and will also include identification language to protect the city should there be a compliance issue. The agreement also ensures that the city will meet the procurement requirements of 1383, whereby the city is mandated to purchase certain byproducts of organics recycling, such as compost, mulch, and recycled natural gas for vehicles. There will also be additional resources and staffing for CRNR to assist with education and outreach to ensure compliance and also to provide services relating to edible food recovery, which are mandated in 1383. This agreement also provides added infrastructure support for the inclusion of a $6 million payment for retroactive damage to city roads caused by waste trucks and street sweepers, as well as as much as 2 million annually for future repairs. 
This restated contract also focuses on keeping Orange's neighborhoods clean. Within this agreement, there are four additional solid waste collection events and an additional second compost event that will be held annually. We are also increasing the number of bulky item collections at no additional charge for all residential customers and adding bulky item collection for commercial customers to help combat illegal dumping. Lastly, this agreement enhances other services. CNR will offer customers an online platform to receive service requests and complaints and includes additional resources for education <laughs> relating to recycling and sustainability best practices. The restated agreement also includes additional provisions to help with quality control of the services. The liquidated damages section was revised. Some examples of liquidated damages are delaying scheduled solid waste service or missing street sweeping route. Language was strengthened and fines may now be implemented on a single occurrence. This agreement allows customers the ability to be refunded for missed or substandard service. To better ensure the reliability of the service, CRNR vehicles will be inspected by a third party quarterly to ensure vehicles remain in proper condition. Fluid level monitoring systems will be added to solid waste trucks and street sweepers. This system will alert both the driver and route supervisor should leak occur. This should minimize hydraulics fluid spills on our streets and the impact on our roads. As was mentioned previously, the proposed rate schedule contemplate rates that are competitive with our neighboring cities, yet are sustainable economically to allow for the provision of all services. This table shows a breakdown of the proposed rates for residential, commercial, and roll-off services over the next five years. These two tables highlight where Orange stands currently and where the proposed rates would place Orange in comparison to other nearby Orange County cities. As you can see, the proposed single-family rate is still among the lowest in the area when compared to nearby cities. As to our proposed commercial rates, the proposed rate would still be very competitive when compared to surrounding cities. We do acknowledge that our commercial rates would increase a significant amount in the first year of this agreement. While the commercial rates remain competitive when compared to the surrounding market of North Orange County cities, staff did want to provide an option, optional phased approach to the commercial rate adjustment. This option would phase an adjustment over two years. There would be an initial adjustment on February 1st, and then the remainder of the adjustment would occur on July 1st, 2025. Should the council wish to pursue this approach, there would be an associated decrease of 50% in both road mitigation payments. Over the next two years, this would amount to a reduction of approximately $1 million in the annual payment per year, and the one-time retroactive payment would be split into $3 million per year. This completes my presentation, and I will go ahead and turn it back over to Chris. <clears throat> and so with that, as I mentioned, uh, staff is available for questions, and again, we also have representatives here from CRNR uh, who are also available to uh, not only speak to their services, but also to speak to other aspects of the contract. That concludes our presentation. Thank you very much. Um, before we open the public hearing, are there any council members that have any questions of staff? Uh, council Mary Gillenham. Thanks for the presentation. Uh, a couple of questions. Um, looking at just Tustin, if we go up to that one slide, when were those rates, or when was the Tustin contract renegotiated? 
I believe that was in 2019, I believe was that, and that was a, that's a CRNR city. CRNR city, and then do we know the uh, rates prior to that to understand the increase? And then I'm, I'm trying to see if there was a, a step up or if there was a gradual increase for these rates as that, well. That might be a question that maybe CRNR could answer. Hi, Crystal Denning with CRNR, Councilmember Gillenhammer. Um, to answer the question, that was the right, we, there have been a couple of CPI escalations since then, but there was no gradual, it was just the increased rate at that time based on those services. Uh, Crystal, do you know what the rate was prior to that? Increase? I don't have that information with me. We can certainly look it up for you. Okay. Um, I'll have more, but if you don't mind, Mayor, I'll do it after public comments. Absolutely. Councilmember Dimitri. Yeah, real quickly. Um, so in 2019, when, so, uh, in 2019 when you came forward, when staff came forward to the then council, uh, there was a comparison for cities on the rate increases associated and showed a different list. Uh, showed Aliso Viejo, uh, La Habra, Laguna Niguel, Costa Mesa uh, in that chart um, for comparison cities or for comparison in, in, in uh, rates that Orange will be paying, and now we have a different set of cities. Is there no, do we have a set standard that these will be the cities? Because um, I don't like, the one thing I don't want to see is if we cherry pick the message um, in that we're comparing ourselves to cities that in this case were, uh, were higher, which is fine. I mean, countywide, it is countywide. We're, uh, whether it's the, what we have is the current model or the proposed are still uh, very low. Uh, but I, I want to make sure that, you know, when we had that, when you go back to 2019's staff report and it shows the different cities being compared to the ones that we have now, and I'd kind of like to see um, if if staff can, I'm not sure if they even have the, the ability, but to see what Aliso Viejo, La Habra, and Laguna Niguel are for commercial. I can. Uh, Three-yard bin, and then what Aliso Viejo, Costa Mesa, and Laguna Niguel are for residential. I, I, I actually do have sort of the average rate. Oh, that'd be great. For the county. Um, but just going back to the comparison, um, at least in terms of what we showed tonight, it was really based on geography and trying to show North Orange County cities who was around us. Sure. I, I will be honest with you, I can't remember why those cities particularly were compared to back then, um, but I don't particularly remember there being any particular reason. Okay. Um, That's fine. I, I just, if we need to for for future discussion when we have that is um, when staff puts together a report is to perhaps just make sure we go back and look at the other cities where when we've compared sure. uh, the city, we, we keep it in line. So it may, makes it easier for us in the long run to look and go, you know, year one of Aliso Viejo's contract is 10 bucks and they shot up to 12 and our shot up to 11. It, it gives us the timeline and we just keep it consistent. Um, the second thing is, uh, can you go back to the, uh, uh, the slide with uh, the neighboring cities specifically, their rate, yeah, that one. So on Santa Ana's, um, Santa Ana recently went to bid. Uh, is this reflective of their their, their newest? Yes. And that was uh, just last year, right? Yep. Um, any, and again, I know this is probably something that was with Mr. Gillenhammer's same question. In Santa Ana's rate proposals and rate award, um, do we know the percentage of increase uh, that they were increased by uh, their vendor? 
I, I, I do not. Okay. Um, all right. I'm going to wait till after the public, and I've got a series more uh, questions. Councilmember Bilodeau. Thank you. Uh, Chris, can you go to the slide with the commercial, proposed commercial rates? So I know in looking at the chart, um, it, it's, been, it's apparent to me that it seems like the residential uh, rate payers are, have been sort of subsidizing the commercial rates because the commercial rates were so much um, lower uh, in compared to our peers across the county. Um, is there any models at all that would uh, smooth the rate in terms of uh, phasing in the increases? So they're not so dramatic, or I don't know if you have to, if you've had discussions about that with CRNR. Uh, we we have not, but typically you try to attribute the costs specifically to the actual service rendered. Um, so the idea is is that there really shouldn't the, the residential cost should be supported by the residential rate, and the commercial cost should be supported by the commercial rate, and you try to keep that balance as much as you can, and it, that that's actually required under two eighteen. Sure. Okay. All right. Thank you. I look forward to hearing from uh, CRNR. Thank you. Um, so I understand that um, there's a proposal to separate out the manure rates for our equestrian friends in Orange Park Acres, and um, there hasn't been a discussion on that yet. And uh, um, if you could elaborate on that, and then I have a specific question concerning that. Sure. Um, so in reference to the manure rates, as, as I mentioned, um, there was a, a, a change uh, in the proposed rates since the agenda was published. Um, and again, it was based on the premise that uh, as a, I, I think there were some concerns that the rate was put into a commercial classification and was being approached as a commercial rate. Um, so after discussions with CRNR, uh, we, we basically took the existing rate and applied to it the same percentage increase that we'd be proposing for the residential increase, which is about 21.3%. Um, and so for the uh, those who have manure service, the proposed rate would go up from the existing at about the same pace. So again, for, for a, a two-yard bin, you would go from 57.43 a month to 69.66 a month, and that's for one time a week pickup. If you have a three-yard bin, it would go from 79.59 uh, monthly for a once a week pickup to 96.54. Thank you. So that will be completely separated from commercial category in all respects? Yes. Okay. And then, so just to follow up on that, I know that there's some uh, residents in Orange Park Acres who don't utilize uh, bin service, but instead put it in their green waste container, um, which is allowed from what I understand. So those green waste um, rates for residential, if manure is placed in them, will not be affected? Well, they, they would be paying the, the residential rate for service, and for they would have to, obviously, their green waste has to meet the requirements of green waste um, and and so I would just say as long as it complies with that as long as it, it fits better. in the green waste container it won't be impacted yeah great thank you and then um, 
And then just another one that's that's been a longstanding pet peeve of mine is that, as we know, in Old Town, you're only allowed to uh, park on one side of the street during street sweeping days. Uh, when when the city used to do it, um, the, our contractors covered both sides of the street. So if there was cars parked on the side with, that it's exempt, the street sweeper would still try to get as much of the block as possible. Uh, where they could get uh, to the curb between parked cars. Oftentimes on my street, there's fewer, um, very few cars parked on, on the opposite side of the street, but the street sweeper rushes down in the middle of the street at 30 miles an hour and um, then turns around at the other end to catch the side of the street they're supposed to. And I would like to get some assurance from CRNR that uh, we're going to catch as much of the curb space as we can possibly can uh, when the streets are swept in Old Town, and we're not skipping spaces that could be swept. <clears throat> Is that uh, something that uh, maybe Crystal could address? Hmm? Yeah. Mayor, thank you. Yes, um, that's certainly something we can address in Old Town. We understand some of the challenges in terms of alternating parking to be able to accommodate, especially in Old Town area, but we certainly can address on that side of the street where it's not normal sweeping to be able to try and get as much as we can in between parking and other things as well. Uh, and stay there for just a second because I understand that there may be even areas outside of Old Town. Just wanted to be sure. Uh, we just want to say that it's a citywide concern, citywide. Mm -hmm. so to be mm -hmm. fair. Um, but I wanted to add on because street sweeping is also an area not only um, you know for what we pay you, but for the city as well, that can be a revenue generator as people don't park. And we've had inc increasingly an inability to man um, the needs of having parking enforcement to go along with street sweeping. So I had a specific question if CRNR had ever looked into the technologies that have now been advanced enough to just mount on the top of the street sweeping vehicle um, that can capture license read and clock a violation. So limiting um, the need for an additional car, limiting the need for personnel, making it all electronic, is that something that you've looked into and implemented anywhere else? Uh, we haven't implemented that anywhere else. It's not something we specifically researched in detail. I'm not as familiar with that, but it's something, if the staff is considering it, if that was something to look at. Um, but as now, we, we haven't, we don't have the experience in terms of that type of technology and doing license plate readers in terms of parking enforcement. Yeah, I just thought I would ask. So it would be certainly something I would direct staff to look into at a mm -hmm. later date. So thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm sorry, Councilmember Gutierrez. The only thing I was going to say, I just wanted to reiterate with Chris in regards to the manure issue that you brought up um, with if, in fact, this agreement goes forward, will it be rewritten with these new rates reflected where the manure uh, rate will no longer be placed where it says commercial multifamily rates? It would be placed with a residential service? Yes, we can do that. Okay. And... Um, what, what my, and my other question was, if, if in fact, I mean, in the language, because I read it in the language, uh, solid waste clearly calls out that manure is, is uh, one of the solid waste that's allowed to go into the 95-gallon cart. So, uh, Mayor, for you to know, that definitely is allowable to put in the manure in those 95-gallon carts because solid waste manure is 
called out specifically in this agreement. I did read that as well. So I just wanted to make sure we know that as well. And um, that was my biggest point that that these are residents and that they were being slotted with commercial uh, as commercial properties or multi-family uh, properties. So it was very important for me that to be looked at as a residential, and so I want those rates to be reflected there on that. If, if, if I could, though, I just want to caveat. So the, the, the ability to do that is based on being in compliance with state law. Mm -hmm. So as long as state law continues to allow manure to be handled in that fashion, I'm, th then, that, then that would be the case. If state law changes and it cannot be handled in that fashion, then, then we would have to reapproach the ability to put manure into the green waste. Okay, but currently what we know yes. it is because that's how the contract was, uh, the agreement is written. It clearly states that manure is allowed as a solid waste yes. and the green recycling bins or carts, whatnot. All right, thank you very much. Okay. So before we move to the public hearing, I'm required to ask the city clerk uh, the number of written protests received. Yes, Mayor, the city clerk's office has received nine written protests. The threshold at which a majority protest exists is 14,594. Uh, therefore, a majority protest does not exist. Oh, we fell just short. <laughs> <coughs> With that, uh, I am opening the public hearing. We have four speakers. The first one is Martha Wetzel to be followed uh, with by Timothy Daza. Good evening, Mayor Slater and council members. Um, I am Martha Wetzel. I am an Orange resident and I board my horses at High Horse Stables in Orange. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to comment on this proposed solid waste rate adjustments offered by and between the city and CRNR. I hope you have read the protests that I delivered by hand last week to for all of you. Um, I doubt many other residents noticed the flyer sent out in November regarding this subject and this hearing. I did because I noticed that our proposed monthly rate for servicing the bins which hold only manure and bedding at our private community boarding stable would increase 100% with very little warning, no explanation, and in our case, I'd felt without need. Per the details in the current contract, which was the only current contract available to me last week, uh, the manure is sent to a biosolids processing facility for composting and is not treated the same way as the solid waste disposal methods now required by the state in the various bills which are enumerated in the flyer you sent out, driving the city's compliance and the stated reason for the fee increases. Our solid waste bin material is manure and bedding and is different from the waste described in the four bills. We already recycle, it's turned into compost, and I believe the city receives some, and then hopefully it gets sold as compost to someone else. We do not generate green waste, we do not generate food waste. The only material in our bins is manure and bedding. I understand the need for periodic fee adjustments due to labor and fuel costs, but I think a 100% increase in any fee deserves very close scrutiny. I do not see a similar 100% increase in the residential rates for the cart pickup, where I would think the majority of the new regulations apply. I'm certainly not advocating such an increase. I'm merely pointing out that 
for High Horse Stables, which is an unconventional commercial customer, we're being hit hard for fees that don't really pertain to us. I believe our facility does not qualify for the proposed bin fee increases since our refuse should be treated as it always has been, composted at a biosolids facility such as the Paris Regional Organic Processing Center and therefore not subject to the new rates. We currently pay $200 a month for two bins serviced twice a week. In your mailed notice, the only fee listed was one bin serviced once a week to increase 100%. I therefore could only assume that all fees would increase that much, which would raise our fees to $400 a month for the same service we've had since July 2009. Overall, I believe CRNR does a very good job. I appreciate that the city strives to be in the lower third of fees for comparable services with other cities. We have no alternative for comparative shopping due to the exclusive contract with CRNR. Had residential constraints. Thank you, Mrs. Wetzel. You received your time. Thank you much. Thank you. Okay, next is Timothy Daza, followed by Kate Bernard. Hi, thanks for your time. That I will not be as eloquent <coughs> as that was. Uh, obviously, nobody wants to pay, like nobody wants any of their bills to be raised. Um, my only question is that in the letter that we received, the rates are based off of these laws changing. Totally understand, except I feel that the rate is kind of arbitrary. You're going, well, the rates are now comparable to the city's surrounding. So I don't under, basically all I'm asking is, are we going to see um, what the actual price increase for you guys are in comparison to what we're paying. Are we paying enough? Are we paying too much? Um, it just feels like the, well, you know, all the cities, all the surrounding cities are paying more, so you guys should pay more too. Um, so that, that was it. Um, just wanted to see if we were going to get some kind of breakdown of uh, the cost, the new cost that you guys are now having to deal with. Um, and then the last thing is, I do appreciate you guys changing your website. The C and R and R website is a nightmare right now. So thanks, I appreciate it. Thanks for your time. Thank you, sir. Uh, next is Kate Bernard, followed by Sherry Pantaha. Good evening, Mayor, City Council. Thank you for the opportunity to speak tonight. <clears throat> I am a resident of uh, the city of Orange. Um, the trash bin manure um, doesn't impact me personally. I'm really here more to talk about process and to better understand <clears throat> why the contract with CRNR that's not due to expire until July of 2025 is now being, quite frankly, rushed through um, with a February 1st increase. Um, if that contract that it was due to expire in July of 2025, we wouldn't be seeing any rate increases until that time. However, everything's being pulled in. We're going to see a rate increase. And kindly, they're saying, well, we'll split it up and we'll just do part of it now and part of it in July. But we weren't really given any time to absorb this new contract. We got it five days ago. I know that council has and staff has had it longer <clears throat> but the community hasn't really had an opportunity, <clears throat> excuse me, 
to review the content. One of the things that was spoken about in the staff report was that there um, is improved language to receive refunds for Mr. Substandard Service. Uh, I hope you can clarify that because I didn't see that in the 166 pages. And I do get substandard service. I get bins that don't get picked up. I get bulk items that I have to call multiple times on to be picked up. I've broken trash cans on my street of my elderly neighbors who we've asked numerous times to be swapped out. And we just don't get that level of service. We have missed pickups and you know, when our street has all of our recycle bins out still the next day, it's me that has to call for my street to say, why didn't our recycling get picked up? Or why didn't our trash get picked up? Oh, sorry, we missed it. We'll come out tomorrow. So now another day, the trash has to sit out there. So I'd love to understand what that, you know, clarification on improve language to receive a refund, because if there is some kind of hook that allows us to say, look, we want a refund. Our, our trash didn't get picked up you know, this week. Um, we have to roll our stuff back and put it back in our yards. Um, that's just, you know, it's tough to deal with. My last point, and I think really the most important point, is I don't understand why this isn't being put out to bid to another supplier. CR&R has this contract. But why isn't there any competitive bidding? There are other companies that do this, yet we're not sending it out. These other cities that we're being compared to, are they all CR&R customers that we're being compared to? I don't know. I mean, I think we need more time. I request a postponement in making this decision so we have time to review. Thank you very much. Thank you. <clears throat> um, can I assume that uh staff can address some of these questions uh, when we're concluded, Greg. Um, next is uh, Sherry Pantaha, and uh, followed by Drew Whitefeather. Hi, and thank you for the moment to speak. As the president of the Orange Park Association, I'm here to represent our neighborhood. First and foremost, I would like to say that we were all surprised to see CRNR on the agenda when it was announced just last week. We thought the existing contract was good through 2025. The agreement was represented as, a, as an amendment, but it turned out to be a 166-page resolution, which really is a 10-year new contract. The City of Orange residents and many communities involved here have really come together in the last couple years and have felt confident with our new leadership on the City Council. This quick decision in the eyes of the residents as they were unaware of this happening at this time. This is reminding us of when the residents had no say and reminds us of the old ways that we felt we had gotten past. We need to feel like we are involved with a decision that is going to affect our households and our businesses. And we request more information before anything is signed. With that said, I propose that this decision be postponed until more is explained to the communities and we understand that our rates and services will be what they will be over the next 10 years. Thank you for the opportunity to speak. And I have to add, I didn't see some of those, um, what was put up tonight, and I don't know that the community was even aware of that. So I think those numbers and things would, if we could have had that shared to us, that would have helped. Thank you. Thank you. Drew Whitefeather followed by Laurel Maldonado. Hi, Mayor, City Council. My name is Drew Whitefeather. My address is on file. Uh, first, I want to thank Chris Cash and Tom for working on this to the 90th hour. 
Uh, we really appreciate that. Um, Adriana, Ariana, and Anna, and the mayor, thank you for listening because we only got this on Thursday and it was a lot to go through. Um, going forward, you know, this involves the neighborhood severely. I mean, this, this could, people that have large animals could not afford this without this happening, the prices being lowered. Um, and, and the city has to learn to take things into effect, how it's gonna affect the areas of the city. Because we weren't informed, nobody talked to us ahead of time to see our needs. And that needs to happen more often. Um, but we are very appreciated. Um, I don't understand why these prices, the raise of the 23.1% would go up and go into effect before June of next year. I mean, that, that's, that's a lot of money out of people's pockets on top of businesses are still trying to survive from COVID. They're still trying to get on their feet. So this, these charges will really affect them. That whole extra year before these prices go into effect would really help those businesses. So I, I do thank city council. I do thank my city council members and my mayor and, and Tom and his staff. But, you know, please think, you know, put this on hold, you know, to at least make the pricing go into effect in June of next year because it will help a lot of families. Thank you. Thank you. Laurel Maldonado, followed by uh, Jane Canseco. Mayor Slater and City Council, I want to thank you um, for reading and listening to the report that I sent off very late last night. Um, I spent the last five days trying to review a 166-page contract and all of the uh, attachments to understand what was going on with this contract because when this was sent out in November, it was sent out as um, just an amendment and, and it was only going to cover for four years. But come to find out, it is a brand-new 10-year contract. Um, the, a couple things that I'm hoping that CNR can uh, answer for me tonight is uh, what is the number of this agreement? It certainly can't be 5444A, so there has to be a new number to what this contract is that we reference to for future. Um, also, you guys talked about that great two-year phase-in option. I didn't see that in the actual agreement, so I don't know if that was just not offered or if it's not going to be phased in, but that would certainly help businesses and help some of um, them sort of prepare and accept and absorb this rate increase. Um, there has been increases since the 2020 contract. There actually was a 43% increase in three years. So there has been some substantial increases from the original contract that isn't due to expire until June of 2025. Uh, I thank you for the changes that you're making for the residential in the manure race. I sincerely I, I appreciate that. Um, one of the things you guys said, as long as the carts can be put in green waste, you will allow it. Um, something to consider, and I don't know if you do it now, is you can have a different color and source separate it. Waste management does that. We have cart service for the county portion and manure, so we're sure to only put manure in those carts and not mix it with food um, to help your recycling can be done. So I don't know if that's something to consider with the cart service. 
And I want to be sure that I'm understanding completely that the rate is $4.96 for an additional green cart, and you're not going to charge the $41.80 that's listed on the commercial price sheet for a 95-gallon manure cart. Because according to the contract, it should be the $4.96, and individuals should be able to order as many carts as they need for their manure if they only have one or two horses and, and don't have a need for bin service. Um, I also would ask that we postpone this being approved tonight just until we get these changes that we've talked about, which I appreciate, into the agreement. And we can see that everything is, is in there exactly how, how it has been presented tonight. Um, because the things that we've talked about are great <coughs> until I see it in writing. I can't say that I want to make sure we're all on the same page. So those are the things that I would ask. And I thank you for listening to us and letting me speak. Thank you. Uh, next to Jane Canseco, followed by James Cushan. Hello. Esteemed Mayor and Council Members, thank you for the opportunity to speak to you. The sound in here is way better than it used to be. Uh, my name is Jane Canseco, and I'm here to talk about manure, literally and figuratively. Happily, if I understand the previous rake discussions correctly, many of my concerns may have been ameliorated. But one I'd like to address is the difference between residential and commercial. High Horse Trails Homeowners Association is a mutual benefit corporation designed for the benefit of the homeowners of High Horse Trails. Likewise, our stable association is a subset of High Horse Trails Homeowners Association. And our members must be homeowners of the HOA and lessees of stalls in the stable. Both entities operate as not-for-profit and not for the public. Currently, we are treated as a commercial entity by CRR and not as a residential enti entity. OPA has a few such homeowner associations that offer the benefit of stables for their members and their horses. Among them are Pheasant Run, Broadmoor, and the Wilderness. In spite of the fact that our stables are for the exclusive use of our homeowners, residents and voters in Orange, we are defined as a commercial account and subject to commercial rates. The rates we have paid since CRR became the provider, the contracted provider for the city of Orange, have increased annually at somewhat reasonable rates until now. The recent rates, the recent rate increase announcement lists a 100% increase in our rate, and hopefully that has now changed. As artfully described by my neighbor, Martha Wetzel, none of the new state laws used to justify the increases apply to our situation, because it's manure. Please refer to her written protest sent to all of you if this remark is unclear to you. We diligently separate our manure and recyclables, and manure seems to be sent out as a biosolid uh, to a biosolid processing plant for composting. In order to avoid this outrageous increase in our manure pickup fees, what would you like us to do? You have come up with some solutions, I'm happy to say. But do you want us to use our open space 
and composted ourselves for the benefit of high horse trails? Do you want, it, want, it, want us to haul it to our homes and have it removed by CRR with other organics at the residential rate? Or ask you to bill us at a reasonable residential rate, acknowledging that none of the justifications provide, uh, provided apply to horse manure? Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, James Kishan, followed by Laura Thomas. Good afternoon, or good evening, Mr. Mayor, Mayor, Madam Mayor Pro Tem, members of council, city staff. Staff, thank you for the time. I know this was a lot of work. I did not have to go through the 166 pages to uh, prepare for this this evening because when I think about a 10-year contract, the idea of the number 10 stuck in my head because when I started thinking about service. I thought about roughly about 10% of the time, at least, is the number of times that one truck picks up all three of my bins. So I'd like to see, as we were reviewing this contract, I'd like to see uh, CRNR's new trucks, the ones that have the two chambers or the three chambers in it. Because we sit in this room and we talk about programs, about recycling and about separating and about composting, and we separate the, the green waste from the recycling, from the, our regular trash, and then one truck comes down our alley, and I watch him pick up the, the, the recycling, the solid waste, and dump all three bins into the same truck. Do it with my neighbors, do it with my other neighbors. While the trucks that go up the, the street side, that pick up the neighbors that pick up the front of the house, they're put up on, on, on Orange Street. They, they send three trucks and they pick up the different, the organics, the recyclables, and the solid waste in separate trucks. But for some reason, at least five, six, five, six seven times a year, I will see, I notice it because I work from home and I have for the past eight years. I happen to be around and happen to notice these things. And with, um, when I'm in the backyard with the dog, I just happen to notice one truck come down the alley multiple times a year, picking up all three containers. And we're considering go entering into a 10-year agreement, and I doubt that, that SB 1383 has provision that excludes drivers that don't want to come down alleys or drivers that decide that they're just going to do something different, even though we're, we have a contract that provides for a service to be provided under these guidelines. So before we rush into something that's gonna lock us into a 10-year agreement, I think we need to consider something that goes beyond us picking up a phone, because I know every time I've picked up the phone and called CRNR to talk about this, it's been lip service. Thank you. Thank you. Laura Thomas, uh, followed by Michael Fisher. Good evening, Mayor Slater. Mayor Pro Tem, council members, city managers, city staff, attorney, and staff. I'm Laura Thomas, 40-year resident, an OPA board member, and a CRNR customer participating in manure and bedding program for the last 15 years. 
I want to acknowledge CRNR for being ahead of the state of state's organic recycling legislation by implementing the manure only opportunity for customers since 2009. We have a long history of cooperating with CRNR. Recycling manure is not new to us. What seems to be overlooked is that OPA has been recycling and separating manure out since CRNR took over in 2009. In fact, many of us supported CRNR because they cooperated with our equestrian community. More importantly, we are not commercial operations and should be treated like other residential customers. We understand residential rates are being increased. We believe manure rates should be treated similar to residential rates. Before you tonight is not an amendment to a contract that expires in June of 2025, but it's a new contract beginning February, just a couple of weeks away. For the next 10 years with a five-year option to renew, you are asking all ratepayers to give up the favorable rate early and have an increased rate 16 months early. That's asking a lot of people who are on budgets, especially when there has been zero outreach on this issue. Why is this being asked of Orange residents and businesses? And I see not one business here concerned about the CRNR contract that is going to elevate their costs. I want to say to you that Laurel Maldonado that you heard from, she submitted on behalf of OPA a 37-page <coughs> synopsis of the proposed CRNR contract. I have copies here for you. Her diligent efforts have proved that in only five days, she's put together an analysis that this city council should take aside and look at. The ask is to postpone, not make a decision tonight. We also have a last minute adjustment for rates. The public doesn't know that. There's no people, other people that can weigh in on these subtle conversations of we'll change this, we'll lower this rate. I respectfully request this postponement. I'm sorry, Laura, we're, we're out of time already. Okay, thank you. Take a pause to negotiate the CR in our contract. Thank you. All right, thank you. Michael Fisher. One more protest letter. <laughs> or one closer. Mr. Mayor, City Council members, uh, thank you for your time. This is my official protest um, letter opposing the new proposed CRNR solid waste collection rate increases. I've been a resident of Orange for 35 years and, of course, a rate payer for those years as well. For the record, I like CRNR, and I think they do a good job for the city, uh, for solid waste and recycling pickups and street sweeping. However, there has been no or very little outreach to the community regarding this new franchise contract between the city of Orange and CRNR that is worth millions and millions of dollars over 15 years. Well, that's 10 years plus the five-year option. 
and that affects everyone who resides in the city of Orange, property owners, businesses, and renters. The notice regarding this proposed rate increase with very limited information was mailed to the residents of Orange right before Thanksgiving. And the actual 147 page franchise agreement doc was just posted on the city website five days ago on Thursday afternoon, January 4th, 2024. It seems to me that whoever is in charge of this process wanted to jam it through the holidays when everyone was busy and not paying attention and with no community input. And for that, I'm very disappointed. For a residential solid waste cart, the proposed rate increase would be a significant 21.25 uh, hike over the current rate. And I understand that some of that increase likely has to do with road repairs, reimbursement to the city. So that seems somewhat reasonable on the surface. I also want to comment on the commercial rates increase since I manage an apartment building in Orange. For commercial three cubic yard bins with three pickups per week, the new rate would increase 123%, which is going from 186 a month to 414 a month. It's really exorbitant. That's like having a $400 a month car payment that jumps to over 800 a month three weeks from now in terms of a percent increase. These types of hard-hitting increases make it more expensive to live and to do business in Orange. In the notice from the City of Orange why rate adjustments are necessary, okay, anyway, running out of time. The CRNR proposal shouldn't be rushed through without having some community input, and I strongly encourage the City Council to table this issue for now and have at least one public meeting to discuss this very important issue. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Mr. Fisher. So uh, I'm going to close the public hearing and um, ask staff if uh, you could respond to some of the issues or questions that were brought up. Sure. Um, actually, Josh has been keeping track of a few of them. I'm going to ask him to sort of start with that. Yes, yeah, I wanted to clarify um, on the timing of the notice. Yeah, we, we did send it out in November and it was mailed out to all the parcels in the city of Orange. I just wanted to clarify that point as far as who's received the notice and made aware of the rates that have been proposed here tonight. Uh, there was a couple of uh, questions there as far as uh, um, where the missed pickups were, if it was to occur or missed street sweeping. That I just want to clarify that it is in the contract. Uh, it's in a couple of sections there for the street sweeping and the missed pickups. Um, regarding the, um, pardon me, the manure side. The, the greenways. Oh, the greenways, yeah. So on the greenway side, as far as the manure goes, yes, the clarifying again that that is being adjusted based on the residential adjustment for the 21.3%. Uh, there's been you know a little few comments there on if it was under the commercial, the residential, it's under the residential and the manure rate is being adjusted based off of that amount. Uh, if there's any other questions, I'm certainly available. And uh, just to follow up quickly on the, on the green waste carts, um, how many green waste carts are allowed per residence? <clears throat> the total amount of green waste carts is three. So it comes standard that you get one, one green waste cart, an organics commingled cart. 
you can get two additional ones. Okay, great, thank you. All right, um, council members have some questions. Uh, start with Councilmember Gillenhammer. Thank you, Mayor. Um, so I just wanna start and just commend CRNR to begin with. I think they've been a great partner to work with. Um, and I just wanna be clear, I think our job up here is to find the lowest cost environment with the appropriate level of service for all of Orange residents. Um, I had a couple of clarification questions I'm gonna jump in. Um, there is a, a 2022 County of Orange trash rate survey that has 35 municipals and nine unincorporated areas. Has there been, you got it, has there been any additional contracts signed in 2023 that you're aware of? There's been one. Okay, so there's been one adjustment. So I just wanna, I wanna clarify to provide context to the list of cities that was in this report compared to the 35 that was there. Mm -hmm. uh, the starting rates as they are today, CRNR is very low. So it's in the bottom third for residential, for existing rates, and it's close to the bottom for commercial. The rate change would put orange, would put 24 cities below orange and 10 cities above orange from a residential standpoint. We catapult to the top third. The commercial rates would put 25 cities below orange and nine cities above orange uh, for the comparable three yard, which would put us towards the top. Unincorporated areas, residential rate would be higher than seven of the nine unincorporated areas. As you're, you're looking at the same. This is the 2022 uh, Orange County. That's a one yard bin if you look down at the bottom. For, for commercial yeah. rates? Correct. It shows three yard. I have the 23. The 23, I, I don't think the placement's quite the same on the 23. Okay, maybe we need clarification. And, and my point is that the cities that are represented seem to be the ones that are higher, and there seem to be a lot of cities that are lower. So I think it's important to have a, a good range of the cities that are in there. My other question from an unincorporated area, we have unincorporated El Medina Islands. They have a 2070 or $20.70 current residential rate. Um, and $168 commercial rate. Um, is there any difference in what the El Medina County Islands are going to pay in relation to the city of Orange in this new, or is that a completely different That's structure? That's completely different. So they'll pay $20.70. Um, I, I can't verify that. I don't have the El Medina Island rates. Okay, I, in, the, in the 2022 Orange County Recycling, it shows 2070. It says a single-family standard refuge monthly fee, and then for the uh, El Medina three-yard bin um, <coughs> is one seventy-four ninety-nine. One seventy-four. So that's twenty twenty-three. So that's the increase. Okay. So I'm going after the twenty twenty-two. So okay. Um, so. I guess my point is there's a lot of other cities that are in the mix here that don't necessarily paint the whole picture based off of the cities that were up here. And, uh, and again, it was based on trying to compare to North County surrounding geographically approximate cities. Okay. <clears throat> um, all right. And then I think, you know, the, the few additional cities that weren't built in, there's only a couple that are higher, the, the vast majority are lower, and I get the concept of close cities. Um, I do think, 
whenever we're negotiating a contract, it doesn't make sense to pull forward higher rates um, versus wait for the contract to end and then at that point create additional rates. I, uh, I, I just don't know why we would do that. I think it'd be interesting to understand the thought process behind that because I would want to postpone any additional expenses to any residents in Orange until we need to. So I, I don't know the necessarily the, the thought behind that. We don't have to answer that right now. But And then I also think doubling a commercial rate overnight is very difficult to absorb. So some element of step up I think is necessary when we do these rates. I think where I would stand on this is a, a desire for this to go back and to maybe do a deeper look into some of the additional Orange County cities from a rate structure standpoint. Um, and then some element of step up for some of the commercial rates as well. <clears throat> That's all I got. Councilmember Gutierrez. Thank you. I actually do want an answer as to why we are not waiting until 2025 to renegotiate this. Because um, that is when it's deemed to expire. And like um, I agree with Councilmember Gillenhammer, um, why would we want to put this increase on our residents next month um, when it's not due to expire until 2025. So I, I want to know the reasoning why this was negotiated now um, and then for 10 years and as a resident said, potentially 15 years as well. So that's one thing I do want to know. And I actually need to understand the rate increases that will be occurring yearly after that because that formula was extremely difficult to understand. Um, when I looked at what was written in this agreement, I cannot figure it out um, how to step one, step two, what I need to do to figure out. I know there's a lot of different things that you look at, fuel and this and that and whatnot, but that is very difficult. And if it's not spelled out, how do we know exactly what potentially we uh, may be having to pay? And I know that I know it's a lot about the CPI and whatnot. So but that still needs to be clear in order for us to agree with um, what potential rate increase that we'll be having in the next five years. So those are my two biggest questions that I would like answered. So, so if I may, Council Member, I guess uh, to, to start with the why. Um, we, we've actually been having conversations with CRNR pretty intensively actually over the last couple of years, uh, specifically about service issues. Uh, equipment issues. Um, we've had a number of, of incidents, particularly since COVID. Um, there have been issues with um, uh, drivers and the ability for CRNR to retain drivers. Uh, we've had equipment issues where we've had hydraulic fluid leaks, um, and we've been we've been having these conversations uh, around trying to uh, stabilize the service, trying to improve the service, um, and trying to come to. Um, some understanding as to how we could um, get that service working much as it did um, earlier in the contract. Um, as, as time kind of went on, many of the service issues were resolved, um, but it became increasingly um, clear to us that there were some changes that needed to be made in terms of the relationship and our contract, um, not just from the standpoint of trying to um, I'll say, uh, memorialize uh, quality control and, and the ability to resolve service issues with maybe a little bit more of a hammer than we were able to do before, 
but also the need to have better certainty in terms of our obligations re related to the organic waste recycling in 1383 when the uh, current contract was um, put in place 1383 was just sort of on the horizon we had not um, fully contemplated the impact um, and, and frankly we didn't have much of the language that we needed in place to ensure compliance and protect the city um, um, in, in terms of uh, any sort of regulatory issue that we might have with the state those things were not part of the contract and, and frankly in some of the contracts that have been negotiated in other cities those things were there and so we felt that there was a need to try and get those as part of the package. Um, and, and frankly, in looking at our rate and looking at many of these other cities who also often have some of the same issues with their haulers, um, you know, it was increasingly clear that our rates just seemed to be, it was really hard, I think, from an economic standpoint to say that the rate we were paying was really being able to properly support the kind of service that we needed or the kind of service that we wanted. Um, and as every year went along, it seemed to be more and more out of pace. And it's not to say that we didn't have a great deal because we did, um, but there's also such a thing as having to pay the price for the service that you wanna get and you hope to get. And I think in talking more and more about it with CRNR and talking about it internally, we concluded that probably the best way to try to resolve that would be to do um, to do what we call a restated contract because much of the contract that's there is the existing contract. There's just some additional things in there that that were phrased differently, and so that's why we call it a restated contract. But a, a basically, a, a different deal with CRNR, um, understanding that it was going to require um, both our residents and our businesses to pay more. But it was also as a means of trying to improve service, to put more certainty in it, to make the economics work in a way so that the hauler could provide those things. And so that that's really sort of a big part of the why. Um, you know, as to, I'm, I'm sorry, I forget what the second part of the question so was. So I'm gonna go back to that why. So, and I, I understand all the things you said because a lot of those things uh, I've had residents talk to me about um, missing pickups, the mm -hmm. hydraulic leaks, the this and that and whatnot. And yes, the new organics needs to come in. And we all understand that we do need to pay a little more to, to comply with um, these mandates. But um, the fact that we're negotiating to do all these things when our contract's not due to expire and then instead of negotiating it just for uh, amend whatever we needed to just until it expires, then we add it on 10 years. I think that's what's difficult and, to understand. Yeah, and, that and, why, and why enter into that exclusivity um, because we do have things that we could negotiate, right? Because we don't have this, we, we would like to see this, we'd like to see that. Um, so I, I understand what you're saying. But um, that was that's, what was my concern is we, still it's not going to expire and then we entered into 10 years. Why? So that was my big thing. And, and, you, and, and I, you answered it for the most part. Yeah, and I will say I, I think the 10-year also is based again on economic certainty for CRNR. It's the idea that you, you have equipment costs, you have labor costs. Yeah. And it's the idea that you have a contract that, that you can depend upon in order to make those commitments to purchase the equipment 
to make the labor agreements and, and again, to try and provide the service that ultimately I think we all want. And I think that, that if, if I could speak for CNR, I think that's also part of why the ask was for a 10-year contract. Okay. And, and and vice versa, we could also say we weren't happy with this and that, and, you know, it's going to expire. We could go out to bid or whatnot. So it, we could look at it two mm -hmm. different ways. But my other question was um, to figure out, well, yeah, and I was very, like, I couldn't understand why commercial was so drastically high, and I couldn't figure out, um, you know, how it was not comparing, obviously residential is not going to be as high as commercial, but commercial is just, I'm like, what did they base it on? What was the rate? Is it, and it's not all the same, right? There, it's like different percentages for all the commercial. It doesn't seem well, like, it's, is it the same right to supply to all of them? And the increase for the commercial? Well, if I recall, I think your original question was more related to the, and I, I know. the CPI. I am. I'm going to yeah. come back to that. But so, I knew, I, so that was one thing. Second thing, um, that how do you come up with what is going to be the next increases for the next five years? How does that formula work? Could you show us the math on that? So the, the, the CPI increase is based on a, uh, I'll call it an aggregate of a bunch of different index. There's a labor, there's a, a fuel, uh, insurance, mm -hmm. equipment. And, and from those indexes, they can attribute a certain percentage of the increase to each of those indexes. Um, so with that, you get sort of a blended CPI that uses a variety of different tables as opposed to just one, trying to reflect, again, all of the various components that make up the service that they provide. Um, um, so typically the way it has worked, and, and frankly, this is the same uh, provision that's in our current contract. Yes. Um, and as my understanding is somewhat standard in a lot of waste contracts. Um, they submit that to us. We check the the uh, rates independently. We also have we have a trash consultant that works for us. We also ask him to check that. Um, and um, you know, it's typically a blended rate. It's averaged at about three percent a year the last few years. But the way it was in in the agreement that I was reading, it was very difficult to understand. And then I I asked for the 2020 agreement, and that actually had an example. So it helped me understand it a little better. So I think I, there was an example. There's there an example. There's an, yeah, there's an example. I, at, I think it's the same example. Is it? Yes. I didn't see it. So I, I looked for it, but I didn't see it. But thank you for telling me that. But again, nonetheless, still difficult to, to calculate. But um, I forgot. I lost my train of thought of what I was going with that. But Oh, the, was it the commercial components, how they? Yes. Why it's so... I, I, I guess to that, I would ask CRNR to maybe provide a little bit more as yeah. to how they get to that. Thank you, Councilmember Gutierrez. And just to talk a little bit and to add on to the why, what we're going into here in 2024, we talked a little bit about staff gave in their presentation about 1383. So the next phase of SB 1383 comes into effect here in 2024. Cal Recycle is tasked with monitoring the city to ensure that we're all in compliance in terms of rolling out programs. So we've supported the city in terms of that compliance effort in good faith and had a huge push. We have over 2,200 commercial accounts. We have almost 600 multifamily accounts. All of them have to be in compliance. 
So the law took effect January 1st, 2022, but and we've been working through that to get these, and we've had a huge push. So the other component to the why, especially in terms of the commercial multifamily, which in terms of service, a lot of them have commercial services. And, and just to clarify, because this question came up earlier in terms of the manure customers, and I at least just wanted to touch on that. For Mooner, we certainly recognize that these are residential customers that are generating that material. We've called them commercial because of the fact that it's provided with a commercial type truck for service because they use, they have a larger volume that uses a commercial bin, not that they are a business. So just to clarify that. We talk about commercial businesses, most of them using bins and services. So we've had majority of all the additional program that we need to do and continue to monitor and finalize for 13E3 has been around commercial and multifamily customers, majority that use bin service. Okay, all right. I'll let you go. Um, I'm done for right now. I'm gonna think about what else I needed to ask you. Thank you. Um, Council I, member Dimitri. Can I clarify while she's here? Sure. Just Crystal, I'm Ms. sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, so just like for the sake of argument, because I want that to be clear, and I think that's where some of the confusion, my business on Chapman uses regular what would look like residential bins, mm -hmm. but we're commercial, mm -hmm. but there's differentiation between that commercial, between a bin behind a restaurant and what we're using, mm -hmm. although the pricing is different than residential. Yes. But it's just like there's categories of commercial. That is correct. Thank you. All right. Councilmember Dimitri. Actually leads me into a Another question I hadn't thought of till just now, but while you're there, are our short-term rentals charged a commercial rate or a residential? That's a great question. If they're using residential cart service, oh. they're probably set up as residential rates. Okay. Um, that might be something we need to look at. If they're operating as a business, as a commercial venture, they are a business, you're right. If they're operating as a commercial venture, that might be something we need to adjust in the future. Um, thank you. Um, and, it, and it's not lost on me um, that as a political body, we're spending a lot of time talking about manure. So uh, <laughs> I just thought I'd start with that. But um, getting back to the notification uh, to the public that was done in November, um, there was a comment that it, it was only stating it was a four-year contract in that notification. Um, yeah, I, I, can we clarify if, that? If I could speculate, I think part of it is, is under Prop 218, we can only approve rates for five years. Okay. And so what it's talking about is the, the rate schedule for five years. The, approving the contract itself does not fall under Prop 218, but it's approving the rates. Okay. And the rates are limited and, by a five-year increment. And I, uh, you know, I obviously did not get to see um, the postcard or whatever went out. Do we have a copy of that laying around somewhere? That we... oh, I'd love to see it if you don't mind handing it to the city clerk. Um, I just want to see it because I'd like to re actually read it. I, I live in a complex, so my trash is just, this is what you pay and a story. And it actually has befuddled me for years on what it actually costs. Um, <laughs> You know, uh, it's it's very interesting in a, in a, in a tad bit of history. Um, there's, you know, the, the city of Orange with its trash service obviously has had um, a bit of a checkered past. Um, and this CNR was actually uh, the first trash hauler in the city's history uh, to actually be awarded by competitive bid. So in 2009, uh, that was 121 years-ish, it, it had never actually been bid. Uh, it 
previously was uh, done by, you know, some yahoos driving up and down the street with a pickup truck, and then they'd dump it at Yorba, which, or dump it at other places throughout town. I'm not going to say where. We all know. Um, but uh, uh, over the years, um, it then transitioned into orange disposal. Um, Mayor Slater was one of the council members at the time that helped uh, unearth um, some very shady operations that occurred back in the day. Uh, was also paramount into um, leading us away from that and becoming uh, more transparent with our trash service. So, so it was bravo to that city council at that time. The unfortunate side of that um, was that it locked us into a contract with another vendor uh, for, um, I think it was uh, two decades, if not a little bit more. Um, was it a little less? 10 years. Okay, so in 10 years. Um, but it locked us in where we didn't actually get to really negotiate because it was, we need somebody now. Because the last thing that any resident in this city wants to do is drive all their trash to a dump and dump it. Um, so it locked us in. So in 2008-ish, uh, we started down the process, and uh, Councilmember uh, Billado and myself were on, that uh, we pushed this contract out to bid, again, for the first time in the city's history. Um, on a 3-2 vote. You're right. It was a split vote, actually, to put it out to bid, uh, amazingly enough. Um, <laughs> and uh, when CRNR won the bid, uh, and what I'm getting to here is why uh, putting out to competitive bid this time is, is probably not necessary. And, uh, and I'll, I'll get to the reason why. But when CRNR won this bid, the, um, the actual um, temperament of the other trash haulers that are throughout the county was amazing at first what we received in services towards the cost that we're receiving, even though, yes, there are naysayers, there are problems here and there, but the, uh, the service we get to cost is incredible, comparable to what other cities are receiving um, at their cost. Having um, just gone, having gone through it in the past and having watched what Santa Ana's current contract is, this contract is, and yes, uh, I, where you see the commercial jump, uh, it's, it's a big jump, trust me, I see it. But compared to what Santa Ana went through and watching the bus drive over them, um, you know, I don't think it's appropriate this time uh, for a competitive bid, but it, another council is probably gonna have a different view on that in the future. Um, the AB 1383 uh, compliance, I think the indemnity is huge um, because uh, I, I, you know, I'm not separating anything. I just throw it all into one trash can. Oh no, I'm, I'm gonna say it all day long. Um, well, and you know, the state can tell me all they want um, about, uh, you know, you need to do it, but in the end, blind. I know that trash uh, also goes to, and I'm assuming CRNR utilizes transfer stations. Is that correct? So, Mr. Kushan, when you see a truck that picks up uh, your three bins at once, um, more than likely, uh, in that instance, it's all going to the transfer station where it is actually, um, they have a, a conveyor belts. Um, we have one in Orange that's utilized by another vendor. Um, and they literally have conveyor belts with people, and they're just cycling right there. 
Um, so on those rare occasions where you, uh, where you see the, the folks drive down and just pick everything up, and befuddles me too, um, but uh, it, is getting tr it is getting separated and transferred because, uh, like it or not, uh, there is a market for your recyclables. Um, you know, your cans and your plastics, your plastics go off to some other country and this, that, and the other. Um, getting back to this, the... Uh, where is my note here? I had another one. Short-term rentals, I hit that. Oh, uh, pushing it off to June of 2025. Um, going to an expiration date of a contract, in your opinion, is, would it, is it better to establish where we're heading rather than waiting for an expiration date and then negotiating? I think you typically want to do it when you're not under the pressure of that. And so, I mean, I, I, with waste contracts in general, you usually start looking at them one to two years out. So we would be doing it now anyway. Sure. And can we go on the on the slide again, um, if you can bring it up? The, um, the do we have the, the, the first, the one with the residential real quick? Oh, I'll go back to the other one. There, that one. So on this one, um, now that's the perfect one, actually. So you'll see, uh, when we were under the previous hauler with, uh, prior to CRNR, we were always very, very close to the Santa Ana rate on um, the resident, uh, I'm sorry, on the, uh, uh, on the proposed business. Residential, we were always um, in the same grouping um, within the bottom three, generally within our 10 surrounding cities. We were always the, about the third, which, we're not, you know, luckily by a penny, we're still in that bottom third, um, which it's still important. On the commercial side, we're still um, we're still significantly lower than a number of our neighboring cities. Um, well, it, I, I care, uh, and the reason why, um, quite honestly, is when you start comparing when you compare services in, in different cities, you have to look at it. You have to look at what they're doing and what we're doing, what their service levels are, what our service levels are. I don't think Santa Ana does nearly uh, as well as CRNR does for us right now. I think their service levels are significantly behind what we do, yet our fees uh, or the fees associated with the service are significantly lower, regardless of how you cut it. Um, so that, that's one of the reasons. But one of the things I think we, uh, I would like to see uh, in a contract, and I'm not gonna try to negotiate a contract from the dais. I think that's inappropriate. Um, but I think something that we can look at for the future uh, is some areas where we do have considerable amount of trash that builds up, that we have a vendor, which is uh, that we use for our public bus stops. We have trash cans overflowing. I would love to see a way we can incorporate that into the future where that is part of a, a CRNR stop once a week on their regular route to clean the trash up. Um, go ahead. If I could, actually, the bus stop service is part of the CRNR contract. And then that we'll, needs to be. Uh, and we'll be augmenting. Ms. That. Denning, I hope you take note because for uh, the better part of 10 years, I was leaving trash bags at OCTA until I got on OCTA and found out it wasn't their responsibility. Um, so I will drive it to Stanton and drop it off at your place if necessary. <laughs> um, and, it will be augmented as... Yes, okay, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I have a lot of notes, and actually I lost place where I was at when I 
sidetracked to explain that. So I'll, I'll come back to it. Thank you, Mayor. Thank you. Um, I don't have the screen where I can see who's I'm next. next. Oh, Mayor it's Pro Tem. Me. It's me, thanks. Um, so there's a couple things because of how things have been brought up and because of what I do for a living, but um, I, I feel it's really important building on what Council Member Dimitri said to talk a little bit about the history here before I go into some of my specific questions. And, um, you know, it's really easy to look at this as just a standalone issue all by itself in a box. But the fact of the matter is nine months ago, we were sitting in this chamber looking at a six million plus deficit. And we said as a council at that time, there would be no sacred cows. This is one of the first sacred cows that's going down, manure or no, um, because it was it's one of the many things we talked about that needed to be adjusted where, honestly, when you look at those commercial rates, what I see is while, yes, it's a dramatic increase for our businesses, that our residents were supplementing and subsidizing our businesses at their own expense. And that's horrifying to me. Um, our residents were not getting quite the service that they needed to, um, and they, we weren't getting community benefits like we were before. And at this point in our city's history, based on past management of the city and past administrations of this city that left us in a position where we have no other choice but to look at these things and say, hmm, can we make some sacrifices together as a city? as businesses, as residents. And that, I think, is exactly what we're doing here. It's not pretty, it's not easy, and it's not going to be cheap. But we're also trying to find a way where we're still staying in the lower third, as Councilmember Dimitri said. When you look at the jump from in the business one, uh, in the business commercial expenses, too, where, I mean, we were by far and away the lowest. I mean, it, it was ridiculously low um, to the point where that's really painful to look at and how we were, we were making that subsidy. Now, city staff has also had the opportunity, and I applaud you. I know the work that's gone into this in terms of um, what are the benefits that the city can get that we have never asked for for ourselves? And that has been a truism of orange. We have always been a cheap date. We have never asked for what we are worth. And we have never gotten what we are worth. And you get what you pay for. So um, because it's not the way we've always done it, what you've negotiated in terms of extra benefits, I greatly appreciate it. Because those are things that can go back into our community, go back into the residents who need it the most. So a couple of things for the city clerk. I definitely want to see this trash rate survey in the record. I want the notification in the record as part of this item. People need to see that. I actually would not have a problem in postponing just to the next meeting to do the vote if that was the will of the rest of the council because I do think this is something that's one of those big things that's going to happen over and over again as we go through all the sacred cows in the city. Which leads me to my next question about communications because this irritates me to no end. As a communications person, this is one of the first big things we're going to go through. I appreciate calling and getting you know some background and detail on this but this is something where we need to have a set plan that we execute over and over and over again when big things like this come through front page of the website you know an explanation page faqs ready to go things that are easy to read and digestible for our um for our residents we know they're coming 30 days ago we should have had this out 
And I say that because that's what I do for a living. I'm the person who gets the call, you know, saying, oh my God, we've got to fix this. Okay, here's how we fix it. I would like to see as a follow-up directive, a plan for how we're going to message these things going forward. Because we, we're going to have at least four or five more of these big things. Um, let's see. My list was long, maybe not as long as yours, but it was big. Um, love the idea about the STRs. They are a business. They get a business license. Every business license should be sent to CRNR and said, here you go. Go find them and make them pay. So it shouldn't be subsidized off the backs of our residents. Um, let's see. On the staff report as well. Well, not just the staff report. Directive for staff reports. If there are outgoing communications, things that happened as part of an item, just put them in the staff report. It's, it's an attachment. It's already been done. Can we just make that a level set going forward? I think it's an easy thing to do. It makes it much more transparent for folks. Um, I also wanted to note that in looking at our pricing, we, um, while it is a dramatic, and I really appreciate all the work um, that our residents did reviewing this, um, but it's not a lot of time to look at the contract, our, the difference between OPA and the county and what, uh, what the county um, is charging OPA for the islands versus for the city proper, what we're charging with CRNR, um, I think really underscores that we're, we are still thinking of our residents and trying to be competitive in that way and being, because I think what they're being paid from the county is really exorbitant. Um, let's see. Community benefits, um, we haven't talked a whole lot about that. Um, I, for one, like the idea because even though I think that the rates for business are fair, I do think stepping it up, that is a huge leap to make in 30 days. So I would be in favor of doing the step up. If city staff is, I don't know if there's a compelling reason to go for the 2 million versus the 1 million. Um, I know we, we're going to need, we're always going to need money, um, but I think allowing people to understand that. I would also like to know, is there a plan for messaging? If this passes and we move it forward, what is the plan for messaging this so that everybody's alerted? And I don't want to see another communication dense with text like that. I want easy to read. I want simple. I want an infographic. I want it to be Maybe a little color wouldn't kill anybody, but please, could we just do something that makes it really easy? It needs to be on the website. Trash rates are going up. Here's what we're going to do. You know, so um, that needs to be the follow-up. Um, our paper of record is here in the audience. Maybe we talk to them about it. So that might not be a bad idea to communicate to our residents. The other thing would be, mm -mm -mm -mm, sorry. There's a lot of notes, and you all brought up some great questions. Low income, still going to be a change. $5 a month isn't much for most people who can just get a Starbucks every day, but for some people, is there any kind of funding mechanism, anything that we are looking at or we can do if there's a hardship? Do we ever do that? Is there something people can apply to if it's going to be difficult? So I guess what I would say to that is under Prop 218, we're limited in terms of being able to provide a discounted rate. Mm. Same same thing. I think we had that conversation with water as well. Okay. 
Fair enough. Um, I brought up the technology and street sweeping earlier. I really think we need to look into that. That is something where we can, that's going to be a moneymaker for us. And maybe we could even reduce if we find it to be a moneymaker for CRNR too. Um, finally, on the Orange 24-7 app, because so much of the new contract is tied to um, service and service issues and that we could um, actually uh, our residents can p apply for a refund. We need a mechanism to change that, and I don't want that to be strictly the purview of CRNR. I want us to be able to have a mechanism to do that that people can report. I want we us to track it because when you talk about performance, we need to handle that performance and have that measurement. So if that is something that could be added to the 24/7 app, where people could just go didn't get didn't get a pickup, you know something happened, then I think that that would make it easier for our residents and would allow us to hold everybody accountable. Okay, I think that's it. That was a lot, thank you. Okay. Thank you, Councilmember Tavares. Thank you, and um, thanks, Chris and your staff um, for positioning Orange for long-term stability, but also long-term affordability. Um, and CRNR, I wanna say, having grown up in Orange like most of us have, um, remembering the past, <laughs> um, thank you for your commitment to Orange and our community. You're always at all of our events. Um, you're always eager to sponsor all of our events or our community events, and I just really want to thank you for that. Um, that obviously never happened when we were growing up here. So um, I unfortunately or fortunately have had probably, um, I've had experience doing these uh, trash hauler um, contracts before, believe it or not, in, in one city in Irvine, and I learned a lot. Um, I will say that um, well, I will ask you, uh, Mr. Cash, is it, isn't it an industry norm to do a 10-year contract? Yeah. It's common. Yeah, that's what I would. I know some people are asking why 10-year contract. It is an industry norm to do that. Um, and I will say I did some homework um, because I'm one of those per people that will um, kind of bend toward an RFP. I will say the research I did over the weekend um, couple of cities, Laguna Beach, Santa Ana, and Teston, who all went out to RFP, their rates were spiked. So it doesn't necessarily guarantee a lower rate. <coughs> and in Orange County, there's only three haulers. Um, there's CRNR, there's Republic, and there's Waste Management, who was the hauler before CRNR. So it's not like there's, you know, 12 companies out there that are going to come out and bid. So sometimes going out to bid is not the cheapest or the easiest thing to do. Um, and... Um, for CRNR, I have some questions. Crystal? I know everybody's talking about the rate, and, you know, the bottom line is always, you know, the wallet, right? Um, right now, 2056 going up 2493, I think, for residential. I think, um, obviously, I think a lot, of, a lot of people can probably do that. That's not a, a big, huge spike. It's the, it's the um, commercial rate that's uh, the eye-opener, and that's because... The rate that was negotiated 12 years ago was just so low. And, I mean, we're also not in the business of making our vendors lose money. Um, if we did a step-up plan or whatever people are calling it, uh, how would that be phased in? How would you guys see that phased in? I'm going to defer to staff, but what's in the staff report, there's two options in terms of putting it all at once or a step-up over two years, which is listed in the staff report. So it would so, be how so yeah, I was going to say. So what what will end up happening is uh, depending on on what happens tonight, we'll finalize the rate plan. Uh, if we do the step up, then it would be fifty percent of the increase um, this year, and then the additional fifty percent next year. 
in terms of services from CRNR, the services themselves um, would be all that's reflected in the new agreement. The only difference would be on the road mitigation payments. Yeah. Um, the retroactive would be uh, $3 million the first year and then $3 million the year after. And then the annual would be cut in half the first two years and then after that. And, and by the way, that was great negotiation. I think I don't think the city's ever gotten any impact fees. So again, that is just an amazing amount of money um, to be to be uh, granted. Um, okay, thanks, Crystal. Um, just for my colleagues, I don't see it. I don't. This is this is one of the biggest contracts we have to do. Whether we do it now or in two weeks, we have to do it. There's no getting around this. And. Uh, if we go out to bid, it's going to take another year or two. I don't. I just don't think that it's going to bring us better rates. I think it's actually going to bring us higher rates, and that has been the norm in Orange County. I'm not interested in, in hearing what the other two haulers have to bring. Um, I see what they do in other cities, and I think that speaks for itself. So I think we have the best hauler in Orange County. Um, I, I'm okay with voting with this tonight. And in terms of when the step-ups, I can leave to my colleagues, um, but I think we have the best, the best company around. Thank you. Thank you very much, Councilmember. Uh, before we continue, I'm going to call just a five-minute break, so restroom break. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, where we left off, we're Councilmember Councilmember Gillen Hammers next. Thank you, Mayor. Um, could we pull the rate slide back up? I just want to clarify what I said earlier. I, I looked at the 2023 rates, um, and uh, numbers I had were incorrect. So if you throw up the 35 cities from the 2023 survey, uh, 20 of them will have a lower rate, and 14 will have a higher rate than us after we uh, adjust to the new rate. So I just want to clarify the numbers I said earlier. And then for the commercial rates, Given the 35 cities that were surveyed, 22 will have a lower rate than us, and 12 will have a higher rate than us. So from a rate perspective, and I don't know the main differences in cities in Orange County, but we will be at 57 and 63% for residential and commercial. So I don't want to use the city, can we look at the city piece, um, to, to, to be what we're basing uh, where our overall cost structure is. So I want to make sure that that's built in to understand uh, the rate um, com comparison, right? Um, we are in the lower third now. We are cheap right now. And the commercial rates, I don't understand why it's so cheap right now. And there's going to need to be a step up in, into the new commercial rate for sure. Uh, but I, I do want to make sure we're looking at level of service. And I think CNR... CRNR provides a great level of service. I've been here seven years. I've got no issues, and I don't see a lot of issues, period. And I think we need to find a way to, if it's possible, to continue this relationship um, at the lowest possible rate for our residents. So I think we need to be the cheapest state in town, given the level of service that we're expecting for our, for our mm -hmm. residents. So I just want to clarify the, the rate structure by city. The new rates will put <coughs> us into over above the median which might be the right thing. But I think for me, there's enough questions here uh, around just the depth of how we assess the rates. Um, and, and I want to be clear, I think we should start negotiating now, but we should never increase the price for our residents sooner than what's required. I am all for early negotiations, but the furthest uh, adjustment to the rates necessary or possible, I think, when how we go about doing this. Um, and then I think lastly, uh, to step somebody's commercial rates 100% overnight, it's just unacceptable uh, generally. So I think when we go back and look at this, um, however this looks uh, with how we look at franchising, et cetera, we have to protect the step up uh, to something that's more tenable uh, for somebody that has to pay their bills regularly. So those are my... I guess final thoughts on this. I, I don't think there's enough here or it's close enough for an adjustment for me to vote on it anytime soon. Uh, that's where I stand. Okay, great. Councilmember Billado. Uh, thank you, Mayor Slater. Uh, first of all, I do support the stepped in, the stepped up phased in approach for the commercial rates. Uh, I think that's important because the, it's kind of a rate shock otherwise. Um, one thing I wanted to highlight, though, that the public probably doesn't know is that uh, the rate payers in the city of Orange do not pay a franchise fee, a franchise tax. We're, I think we're the only city in Orange County that can make that claim. And what that is is if you live in another city in Orange County, there's a surcharge on your a trash bill, uh, and that money goes right to City Hall and goes to the general fund. And it's kind of a phony way to tax residents and that uh, 
and then that subsidizes the rest of the operation at City Hall. Well, we don't do that here in Orange. Now, in this contract, though, we are addressing uh, a road impact fee, and uh, CRNR will be paying the city a road impact fee, millions of dollars, and uh, that money will go directly towards repaving and maintaining our streets. Uh, these trash trucks are quite heavy, and think about how many uh, semi-trucks come down your street every week. Well, there's one. There's a trash truck, and that causes wear and tear on the streets, and that's what that money is for. Three. And um, the city, yeah, three. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, that's three. So uh, uh, finally, we're going to address this. Um, I know that when we looked at this uh, 15 years ago, uh, it wasn't addressed then. Everybody was too afraid because of uh, the concept of a franchise fee sounded a lot like a tax. But in this case, this money will go right to our road fund uh, to enhance our uh, pavement. And I think that's an important component of this, that we're finally going to capture that. And um, I think CRNR has done a fantastic job. Uh, when they came in, uh, Trash rates were lowered by 40% when they bid this last time when I was on the council. It was a dramatic uh, decrease, and it showed at the time that uh, perhaps we were paying too much. And um, uh, we're fortunate that Santa Ana recently bid out their trash. It was competitively bid, so we can use their numbers to know where the market is at. Um, it is very expensive to uh, to go out to bid. It's a... Uh, it's about an 18-month process. We have to hire an army of uh, lawyers to do that. And um, so I think that using Santa Ana's prices is quite instructive for us and keeps us in that bottom third, which is, I think, where we want to be. That's all I have to say. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you, Councilmember Billado. Councilmember Dimitru. Yeah, I just had a, a clarifying question, and Ms. Denning, maybe um, you can answer uh, I might put my glasses on. Maybe you can answer it. Um, the trash rates that we currently, sh the, the, the proposed trash rates, uh, and this might help Mr. Gillenhammer uh, with some of his concerns about uh, the other cities. Uh, the rate that's included or in our, uh, that's listed in our packet, that actually includes the street sweeping cost. That is correct. And the other cities uh, that is not included as part of their, uh, as the rate structure on the, no, and I think one of the comments was meant, uh, mentioned about Tustin. Tustin does not have street sweeping in the rates. Right. So it would actually, the, the actual rate for the, the trash service is actually lower, but it builds in the, uh, the cost. So there, it actually is a little bit different than what you're actually really seeing on that uh, for the, the trash service itself because of the way it's built in our contract. Thank you. That's it. Uh, Councilmember Gillenham. Just clarification Tustin's $4 cheaper. From residential rate perspective right what I'm saying is so the residential there is showing the trash hauling is that cost ours is the trash hauling plus the street sweeping is included in our contract with that residential cost theirs is uh, built out separate so I, I in before you ask I don't know what they pay for street sweeping in Tustin uh, but uh, if you combine their street sweeping cost and their trash that's, that would be your true number. Uh, so I have some questions. Um, first of all, I'd like to ask uh, Mr. Kasha, if you can 
give us the lay of the land regarding our competition. I know that Councilmember Tavalaris <clears throat> touched on that, but um, who's out there and, and really what would it look like if we had put it out to bid? <clears throat> so, uh, Mayor, you know, not, not necessarily preclude, I guess, some other waste hauler who maybe wants to come into the market. The likely scenario would be is that there's probably three haulers who, who do work extensively here in Orange County um, who, if we put it out, would likely, I guess, provide a proposal. And, you know, CNR would be one of them. Um, probably Republic, who does many of the North Orange County cities. Um, and I, if I had to take a guess at waste management. And that, that would probably be it. Um, just, you know, again, based on who, who does work here in the county. So where is this a very small operation? Republic is primarily South County or? Uh, Republic's mostly North County, um, but they're, they're throughout, and they're throughout Southern California. Uh, waste management is Irvine, Mission Viejo. Um, I think that they might, I think Laguna maybe. So waste management has at the most three contracts in Orange County? Um, yeah, I think they're, Republic I think has the most at the moment. Uh, CRNR is right there with them. Um, but waste management only has how many contracts? Waste management has Laguna, Mission Viejo, uh, and Irvine. So, and yeah, and someone unincorporated, yes. Unincorporated. Okay, so, and th so they're not around as much and as, as accessible as CNR. Right. Okay. Uh, Santa Ana, which the one that just recently went out, that uh, Republic got that contract. Okay. Um, I do have a question, perhaps, uh, Crystal, you can answer this one. Um, I like, it makes sense that a manure cart would be um, a different color or picked up separately, or does it not? I mean, how is it, if it, if it was separated from regular um, leaves and, and food waste, mm -hmm. does, that, does that matter? How, how, does that make sense to have a separate cart for that? Uh, we're gonna look more into separating that out for those participants that wanna separate out their manure, otherwise they could place it into their um, trash cart as well. That is something that is allowable as well. So those that do wanna divert that material, recycle that material as part of composting, we're gonna look at that with the new legislation for SB 1383, there's some specific requirements in terms of cart color and how that needs to be designated. So it's a great question and we're gonna follow up just to ensure what that right coloring is and how we'd be able to provide that that set out service separately for those customers that choose to participate in, in separating in a cart. Okay, thank you. Yeah. So um, I guess uh, this is how I'm gonna uh, land on this. Um, first, first of all, no one, we don't, we don't like to increase rates. I mean, I wish we were, could sit here and, and have a good reason to reduce rates, but that's just not reality. Um, costs for everything have increased and um, so that's part of the problem. Uh, our service levels need to improve, and the only way that's going to happen is if we renegotiate the contract. Um, I think negotiating now is, was a wise thing to do. Uh, we're ahead of the curve, and likely I feel that we probably had a negotiating advantage, being that we're already were in contract with uh, with CRNR. Um, <clears throat> I'm ready to move this forward tonight. 
if, uh, with the phase-in of commercial being 50% increase the first year and, and then the rest the following year, because I do agree that 100% uh, plus at one shot is, is too heavy a hit to our commercial uh, customers. We we're trying to be pro-business. Uh, pro um, and uh, I also want to make clear that um, the manure component in Orange Park Acres is separated out, as you suggested, um, that's not categorized as commercial. And then finally, I agree that um, I think the STR should, should pay a little bit more than the regular residences. Um, they're, they're heavily used. And I propose that we do a 10% over what's proposed for commercial um, for, the, uh, for the STRs. And um, so that's how I feel about it. And um, if those could be um, incorporated, I would be willing to support this tonight. The other issue is we're going to have two council members missing at the next meeting, and I think that uh, while we're all here, it's been publicly noticed, perhaps we could have done better with that. As council member, uh, Mayor Pro Tem pointed out, uh, we learned from our uh, mistakes moving forward, and we, can, we will do better. So you've, uh, you've heard it from me, and I welcome any other further discussion or a motion. <clears throat> Mayor, um, all the items that you indicated uh, that you would like to see, I think, are great. Um, the only thing about moving forward tonight is, I, like Councilmember Gillihammer, I do not think that raising our rates within three weeks is a wise decision with the fact that we know we did not do good noticing. We did not give enough uh, time for even ourselves to look at the contract. We just saw it on Thursday like the rest of the public. So I would like to see us asking for all the things that you asked for, same thing, but I would be able to support something where the rate increases would happen, I don't know, six months later, something to that nature, um, because our contract is not due to expire till 2025. So something that wouldn't shock them, or maybe three months from now, right? but definitely that phase in, all the things that we, we have been talking about. But starting it in February, and just, you know, three short weeks is just too soon. I, I can't support that for our residents and our commercial um, uh, business as, as well. I, I find that very difficult to, for them to have to deal with in within three weeks when we did not do a good job of noticing. So I, I can't support it as it is right now unless we can give it a bigger window for it to actually commence. Thank you. Councilmember Dimitri. All right. I just want to clarify something. So staff, uh, uh, to make sure that we follow uh, some legal parameters. Um, this was noticed legally and correctly um, by the law, correct? That is correct. Okay. And I read the mailer and it is, uh, I thank you to the uh, Ms. Wetzel. Um, and it's, I'm glad I had my reading glasses because that, that typeset is, is very small, but uh, <laughs> All the information that's included in that is legally required of us, correct? That is correct. All right. Um, so while, uh, yes, uh, in opinion, it might have been poor, uh, legally it is, is correct. Now, I, as Ms. Gutierrez, would, I, I think 
is saying is that uh, we could have done uh, maybe above what we what we have to do is the minimum standard, uh, which I, I think is very important. Uh, one of the things I would like to see immediately is that PowerPoint that that you presented to us is online. I think it's uh, as Miss Barrio, as Council uh, Mayor Pro Tem Barrio stated. Uh, <laughs> let's just you put it out there. It's not hurting anybody to, to give as many people as possible the opportunity to send us a letter to tell us we're awful. Um, and I, I think that's that's needed. I think the public, you have to be really transparent on everything. And uh, there's no need to hide. There's a cost that's associated with uh, services and with doing business. And uh, like it or not, uh, there's a cost increase. Um, I'm, I'm waiting. I had uh, a you know, I have a number of friends that live in Tustin, and I reached out right away to find out what their street sweeping cost is because I, I, I want to make sure Mr. Gillenhammer has that total uh, cost. But I'm ready to move forward tonight. Um, one component, though, uh, while we talked about the short-term rentals, I don't think we can include that because it still has to be Prop 218. Uh, it, it's a new fee or it's a new thing, so I think we might have to actually withdraw that. Uh, and uh, readdress it in a future as a separate item because the way this is noticed is particular uh, to the the three the roll offs the three the three yard whatever all the the lingo is for the trash folks uh, and then the residential so I think it creates a, a nexus that we will have to have a separate thing for that plus I think it also gives us a, a an opportunity to discuss um, you know the the business model there of business versus residential so I think we have to actually step that back a tad. Um, and the city, man, the city attorney, I'm sure, was going to slap. I, I was wait, I was waiting to see what the motion actually ended up being before I jumped in, but I think Councilmember Dimitri brings up a very, very good point. Okay, um, you know, I'm going to stop right there. I got a good point, so. <laughs> <laughs> Councilmember Gillenhammer. I, 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 I have a feeling where this is going, but I just want to be clear one more time. I think it's. It is irresponsible to push this through February 1st to step up these rates well in advance of the contract ending. Um, I think it's irresponsible, even a 50%, 100% jump for commercial residents uh, at these rates. We need a step up. I think there's depth of rates that we need to look deeper into. I think we, we need to look again um, at the timing of, of when this happens, and, and I think we need to be thoughtful around what this franchise fee is in relation to the overall rate impact to our residents. So. Um, I, I absolutely think we should not push this through. <clears throat> Councilmember, I'm sorry, Mayor Pro Tem Barrios. It's okay. I'll answer either way. Um, I just want to be clear because of the noticing, and I know that there's some nuance in that, um, that we can approve it tonight and we can move forward with the rates. Is Do we absolutely have to enact them on February 1st, or could we d enact them on March 1st? Let me, let me take what I think is the easier question first. Um, in terms of the noticing, so the way the 218 notice works is you cannot adopt a rate that's any more than what the notice says. You can adopt less. Um, so the rates as published are not um, exceeding that. Okay. Um, in terms of the start date. Effective date. Right? The effective date. Um, if I could, I think that that would be possible However, it would also impact probably, well, there's two things. It would impact the impact uh, payments that we're getting for road mitigation because, again, it's based on a, a, a certain term. Um, so um, 
we I think we'd have to look at that. I'm talking about to you know uh, to their point, and and I don't necessarily disagree. I just know what the bigger picture of our financial outlook is. But Mr. City Manager, with 30 days, could we have an extra 30 days on this? Yes, it's going to affect some things. Maybe we ask the our if, our vendor. If I'm authorized to do that. Um, Am I? Uh, well, I think <laughs> that's what I'm asking. To go out, I think we would need to look at. I don't think we'd, it'd be possible to do it tonight if you're going to go out 30 more days. Then you're going to lose me too. <sighs> so if you don't want this, if you want this to pass, someone's going to have to uncle here. Can, can we not just push this forward? Can you articulate why? Because I do think that my colleagues have a point that this is a dramatic increase in three weeks' time that we just noticed people over a holiday that they don't understand. And the fact that we have so few people here means they didn't even hear it. Yeah. And they will be here up in arms, I guarantee it. So, so giving it a little bit more time that we can approve it tonight, but giving it a little bit more time for the effective date is... So, so if I could offer maybe a little nuance to some things that I don't know may or may not help. If, if the rate, for, at least on the residential side, were to be effective February 1st, residential customers won't be billed, though, until April. So, so. And what about, what about the commercial? Commercial would be effective February 1st. And that's just. Yeah, that's, I think, that's where the rub is. <laughs> oh, another country to hear from? Oh, oh there we go. Okay. Delay of 30 days to March 1st. Thank you very much. And with that, I will move the motion if my colleagues would agree to effective date being March 1. With the changes I... With the step up in business rate, uh, commercial rate. And not nothing for STRs. Well, we can't, so it's not even an right. op, it's not even an issue. Uh, yeah, fifty percent uh, now and fifty percent next year. Step with the st step right. up Two. for commercial rates. Okay. Effective yep. date being March first. Step up for commercial rates fifty percent to the hundred in okay. a year. Mayor, um, just for the for everybody, including myself, because mm -hmm. can we just have one clear, concise? motion that um, yes of I, I'm sorry just that way I hear it all at once <laughs> go ahead um, do I have to read everything uh, uh, just no just all the, the items we just talked about because oh, okay as we're going through it I'm like I move what? that we approve this contract with the following changes one that the effective rate change from February 1st to March 1st 2024 and that we accept the condition that we will do the step up in rates for commercial rates, 50% this year, 2024, uh, the other 50% for the total of 100 in 2025 to get to the full rate increase. And you're incorporating the other recommended actions like the CEQA action and those other things in the staff report, right? I, I will now. Okay, I mean, I think it's important Sorry. that we do that. Well, yeah, I have to read the adopt resolution, right? I move that we adopt resolution number 11518, a resolution of the City Council of the City of Orange approving an amended and restated integrated solid waste management and street sweeping services agreement with CRNR Incorporated with the changes as discussed. Approve a fine. 
Wow. Approve a franchise agreement with CRNR Inc. for solid waste collection services for 10 years beginning on March 1st, 2024, with one optional five-year extension and authorize the mayor and city clerk to execute on behalf of the city. Four, allow excuse me, allowed the city manager to make minor changes to the franchise agreement with CRNR Inc. prior to execution that are clerical in nature or minor adjustments necessary to effectuate the intent of the franchise agreement and find that the proposed franchise agreement is categorically exempt from the provisions of the California Environmental Quality Act or CEQA per state sequel guidelines 15016B3 common sense exemption and 15308 class eight exemption. Thank you. Is that clear? Must be, we have a second to that motion. Now we'll have further discussion. Uh, Councilmember Gillenhammer. Okay. I would ask the maker of the motion just if uh, there could be clarification that the uh, OPA manure trash rates would be as uh, pointed out or, or as described earlier by the city um, public works director. Yes, that that was provided in the hot file as the um, change, the final amended rate okay. for OPA. All right. Any other discussion? Council Member Gutierrez, your light is on. Oh, because I've been contemplating if I'm thinking. As I was asking uh, Councilmember Billadu, um, thinking about the franchise, and even though you said it's not a franchise, it's a surcharge, and as I'm thinking about it, it would this be like, for this road mitigation, it would be like a backwards utility tax for the residents? Or no. No. I, I wouldn't describe it as that. No? No. Because it's going directly to the... General fund. Typically, a utility tax is is charged for use of a utility, uh -huh. um, and that's not how this is ascribed to the customer. All right, be, but again, the mitigation that money goes directly to that would be going the general for, fund. For no, that money will go to, to the, road. The, will go for road road repair. Specifically, so it would be designated for only that. Yes. Okay, so is that going to be a new category in our budget? Is there going to be new fund, or is there already one designated for that? I, I would imagine. Okay. <laughs> All righty. Thank you. Sorry. Uh, Councilman Gillahammer, you were good? No. Okay. <laughs> so that triggered the question, right? It's a policy discussion around uh, the franchise fee or the $6 million charge. If we were to push this to the end of the contract, what would happen to that $6 million? If we were to start this June 2025? My understanding that changes the financials and the $6 million would, would not be available. That's my assumption as well. So that's something that I would be interested in discussing in, in the reason why I would like a postponement. Um, we can do that after the vote but a discussion around uh, fan franchise fee and overall passing along uh, of the rate increase to the residents sooner versus the impact for what we get at the city through a franchise fee. So it would be something that I would like to see to pass along, along these rate changes later 
uh, and to absorb the negative impact of the franchise fee. So that's where I would stand on that piece. So I'm going to call for the vote, but before I do that, I'm just going to say that, um, you know, Sometimes these tough decisions are like making sausage up here, and I think that um, we've had a very thorough, open, um, transparent discussion, and uh, I think we've covered a lot. And uh, with that, I will call for the vote. <clears throat> the vote is approved five to two. Council members Gutierrez and Gillahammer voting no. Item has passed. Thank you so much. Uh, we have a memorial adjournment tonight, so let me um, describe that very quickly. <clears throat> council is adjourning tonight in memory of Harold Gomer. The next regular city council meeting will be held on Tuesday, January 23rd, 2024, at 6 p.m. in the council chamber, with the closed session beginning at 5 p.m. if necessary. We're adjourned. Thank you.